is up, everybody? Episode 178. We're so glad everybody's here, our live listeners. We are so grateful you stuck around, our post-audio listeners. That's probably why you listen post. It's become a somewhat regular thing, but it's it's hard to explain why. I will say I thought my computer just gave up the ghost tonight. I thought it was done. You, you know, pull the cord out, try a few things. Here we are. So, uh, 978, Disc Golf 978. Man, I can't say enough good about them. But besides saying good about them, you can get the discs you want at rock bottom prices, free shipping, over $25. I, I honestly can't say enough good about them. We had uh, Paul Kranz in here saying a lot of good things as well. They don't need people to say good things about them. It just happens. If you'd like to get your players' packs through them, they'll do that. But I already told you the best thing going is giving people the option to buy what they want with player pack money. Instead of the TD saying, here's the disc I got for you, let the player pick. It's amazing. They'll put it right in your account through 978. Use 978. We do. We love them. In fact, if you use the code we love 978 to let them know that you heard through us, it'd be awesome. Thank you, guys. All right. Hey, Evan's here. Ben's here. Josh is here. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. I'm doing I great. St yeah, stayed dry this weekend. It was nice. <laughs> you stayed dry. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. And Nick's not here right now. We're going to have to keep an eye out. I think he's running a little late. He said the the rain is kicking his butt. But we have a packed show lined up. Uh, Isaac Robinson will be joining us soon here. And then following later in the show, uh, Jeff Spring. Uh, both are going to be interesting interviews for sure. A lot of stuff that we can take away and learn from these interviews. Uh, Evan, go ahead and give us the recap. Per usual, that's what you're good at. Oh, a lot of things. But go ahead and give that to us. Yeah, that's my that's my sole purpose on the show, and I'm proud of it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It is a big part of it, but I, I am proud of it. That's not a lie. Uh, I'm going to take a quick look around uh, big events around the PDGA before hitting the Disc Golf Pro Tour All Star event uh, out in California. We had the Wintertime Open, which was, uh, I mean, it still is a notable event. It's an A tier, but it used to be uh, maybe considered the kickoff of the season or a you know just a really big event everyone had eyes on. Uh, it still had a lot of notable players. Uh, Jennifer Allen wins an FPO. It's her 40th. A-tier win of her career across all divisions. Uh, it is her first time playing the Wintertime Open, which I was surprised about. I was curious how many times she won this event. And I got a look, and she had never played it. But she gets her uh, first win at the Wintertime Open and her 40th A-tier win of her career. Andrew Miranda wins an MPO. Uh, he's an up-and-coming player. Uh, it is his first career A-tier win. He beats Josh Anthon in second, and then Parker Welk was close behind, tied for third. Uh, Andrew Mar Miranda went bogey-free for his final 42 holes. That's two rounds and six holes. Uh, a bogey free uh, golf. Uh, that's an incredible finish to get your first A tier uh, to play that clean. That's pretty incredible. Going up a little bit north, the other A tier on the weekend was up in Oregon at the Pioneer Open. Uh, Emmett Kyson, I think I'm going to say that right. It's Bison with a K. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's not how you pronounce it, but that's how it looks to me. So uh, he beat Scott Withers um, for his first A tier win of his career. Uh, Scott Withers is the winningest pro in Oregon history. Uh, it's hard to beat him up there in Oregon. But Emmett Kyson, I believe I'm saying his name right, does it. Uh, in FBO, Sophia Donick, which again, I hope I'm pronouncing these names right. Uh, she's a Canadian. Uh, she um, gets an A tier win here. Uh, she is 922 rated. 
but shot a 971 rated event. She joined the PDGA in 2021, so uh, has that high PDGA number. I mean, 2021 is getting a little bit further away. She's been playing for a while. Uh, I mentioned she's Canadian, taking the trip down to Oregon. The whole entire podium was actually Canadian on the FPO side, which I found pretty interesting. I mean, Canada's not that far away from Oregon, um, but still surprising. Uh, flipping around to the other side of the world, down to the land down under. Uh, I said that last week might have been the last uh, down under event to talk about, <laughs> uh, but it is not. There's one more. Juliana Corver uh, went back to the United States, I believe, or at least stopped playing events in New Zealand uh, for the time being. So I thought it was done, but turns out there's more. Uh, Corey Ellis wins an MPO. That's his third win in New Zealand from this trip. Uh, his only loss, um, you know, non-win, uh, was when he had a DNF uh, and, of course, didn't win after getting a DNF. Uh, Haley Flynn film toft i i might have written down that wrong i'm uh but probably mispronounced it anyway she wins an fpo sorry to Haley, but um to mispronounce her name that is uh she wins by 11 strokes beating zoe and dyke uh, which is pretty incredible uh people are raving about the course down there i haven't even seen the coverage yet but saying that it looks phenomenal uh and a little bit of note nate perkins uh got engaged while playing the tournament i believe or just while on the course what? Uh, i don't know exactly the details but it was i have pretty- not heard that uh, that there, I just saw it on social media, uh, him getting down on one knee and, you know, there's another view and it's near a basket or something. I'm not, is it, a, totally I'm assuming sure. it's a disc golfer. Do we know who, uh, it's, it's on his Instagram. Okay. All right. I okay. don't know her name off the top of the head. So apologies. Uh, well, congrats to, to him. I've known him for a while. Great guy. I'm excited for him. Yeah, and and I mean now you're scaring me because I barely knew that news. Uh, but uh, hopefully the chat uh, sparks some more info because I don't have a lot besides that happened. You said Nate um, Perkins, right? Nate Perkins sure is that guy that we know on Disc Perks Golf. Perks of Nowhere. Disc Golf Instagram. <laughs> I don't see. Well, maybe it's a story. Let's. Okay. Rats. Fr- there we go. Yeah, I don't know who. <laughs> Well, anyways, congrats good, good to news. Nate Exciting. and his partner. Uh, that's very cool. And uh, I mean, that seems like a pretty awesome uh, place for a big life moment to happen. So congrats to them. Swinging it back over to Florida, uh, which surely saw a ton of rain. We mentioned that Nick's uh, probably off working on the course and dealing with the excuse me, the loads and loads of rain that Florida got across the whole entire state. I saw a, uh, uh, with a weather map. I don't know the right way to say that, but pretty much like the storm clouds of all over the country and the whole country is dry as can be, uh, except for Florida, which just has this giant, uh, you know, green cloud over it on the, on the map, of course, meaning precipitation or whatever it means. Uh, so Florida got a whole ton of rain. It was pouring nonstop throughout the entire weekend. Uh, or at least the entire two days of uh, kind of stroke play events. Uh, it started off on Friday with the skills challenge. Uh, there's the distance competition, which was more of your kind of usual distance competition uh, on a big open field, not on a, uh, you know, go- on the golf course we've seen in the past, not on a uh, like a disc golf hole. Uh, big open field, just throwing as far as you can. Uh, we saw, uh, oh man, Eliezer Middling. She's she said to pronounce it a specific way, and I am it's like not a, again, remembering. It's kind of Eliezer. Like, well, I don't know. I think they. I talked to her mom and Elizra. Elizra is how I know it. Elizra. It's more the ah is the emphasis. There you go. Sorry, I Elizra. can't even do it right myself. Eliezer. It's it, kind of do less on the not Ezra. not my forte. Less on the Ezra what, and more on the Elizra. Anyways, there you go. Either way, Middling throws 503 feet as their longest throw Smashed. of the uh, competition. Did she not say that she never hit 500? 
before. Um, maybe when we interviewed her, I think she said she threw 540. Oh, like okay. Uh, I, I, for some reason, I thought she said she never threw 500, but maybe I'm misremembering. Uh, a lot of interviews and lots of things get said. But either way, she throws 503 feet and wins that competition. And reminder, she's 16 years old, uh, has yet to play like a you know, full touring season. She played, you know, a handful and by a handful, a small handful of, you know, kind of tour side of events. Uh, so incredible to see her skills already in this game, proving to win a distance competition. Uh, and MPO Anthony Barella wins with a 713 foot drive, an absolute smash. Uh, and he wins it over an MPO moving on to accuracy, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, this one, you know, you had to throw to the right of trees in between trees to the left of trees, kind of do all over and land as close as possible to the basket. Uh, and there's different points depending on how close or in, I believe, um, Jessica Weiss and Chris Dickerson was when this event. Uh, being the most accurate players in this competition. And and I should back up a uh, quick second. Uh, Elisra Middling won the distance competition that was good. being at the All-Star Weekend. Thank you. Uh, although she's not an All-Star, for these skill competitions, they did have special invites to players with uh, extraordinary skills uh, in those uh, kind of uh, types of skills. I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that the best, but uh, you get the point. Uh, people were invited, like Elisra, who were not an all-star, but got to compete in it. Uh, Albert Tom competed on MPO, uh, to name one. But then in putting, we saw Andrew Marwe join the competition. Um, lots of good putters, uh, but Andrew Marwe takes it down as the putting champ for the Disc Golf Pro Tour All-Star Weekend. And then Owen Scoggins in FBO wins the putting competition. But I found that pretty neat. If you look to other all-star events, like notably the uh, NBA All-Stars or you know the Major League Baseball's Home Run Derby, uh, it's not purely all-stars competing in those competitions. They bring in uh, the best players at those who are going to you know, have the best highlights for that uh, competition. Um, unless you guys have anything to say about skills, I will move on to doubles. Uh, but go, I will leave go it Go ahead. Move on to doubles. All right. So this was uh, – uh, this got into kind of the the team portion of the All-Star Weekend where there is um, Team Isaac and Team Calvin and then Team Own and Team Missy um, for being the captains of the team. They picked their teams. Uh, they had a doubles matchups where they faced off against another doubles team. And then they had a singles round on Sunday. In doubles, we saw Ella Hansen and Allie Smith put up the best score. They were 10 down through 18 holes. That was the only 18-hole round of the weekend due to excessive rain. They shortened it to nine holes just because it was a long round with lots of just water everywhere, slowing everything down. Uh, but Ella Hansen and Allie Smith were 72% circle two in regulation and had 282 feet of throw-ins, uh, which was absolutely incredible to see that stat. And then just the amount of distance that they threw it in, you know, made putts and then had one, you know, outside circle two throw-in to add to that stat. Uh, Missy Gannon and Holland Hanley were just one stroke back being nine down through 18 holes. But then the next closest after that was five down. So kind of a, uh, you know, two horse battle uh, for the doubles round. Uh, in MPO, we saw a tie with Calvin Heinberg and James Proctor tying the Robinson brothers. Isaac Robinson and Ezra Robinson were teamed up on the same doubles team. Interesting enough, both teams were 100% in C1X putting, uh, and they both hit C2 in regulation in eight out of nine holes. Ooh, I got to catch my breath you, there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we we got to put like a little timer graphic up for you. We can see how many words per minute are being said and then the value of the words per minute. It's going to be much higher than me. I can assure you that. Well, like, that's cool. Not, not that you're saying more, but the value of words per minute will be higher. 
Yeah, I can't say more than you, Matt. But uh, <laughs> if you guys want to chime in, that's always helpful, just so I can breathe a little bit. I, need I to know. Get the you can just rest here. and we'll fill it. Doing okay. a podcast at altitude. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I always make that joke. I'm, I almost I'm just spit a drink fairly over close the to sea level. <laughs> uh, Moving on to the singles rounds, uh, Holland Hanley shot the only under par score for actually both divisions. She was three down. Again, this was through nine holes uh, just because they shortened it due to the weather. Uh, she eagled hole nine, uh, which averages 0.58 strokes over par. Uh, and, and she got an eagle, so that's two strokes under par. And you know, kind of stating the obvious here, but just to show uh, how many strokes she gained to the field on just that one hole alone. Uh, she made a 50-foot putt. Uh, to save par, uh, believe it or not, uh, that's a huge putt to save par. Uh, that's cool on hole four, <laughs> uh, which was a third of her total throw in distance, uh, for that round being 150 feet. Uh, so I, I just find that absolutely cool. Can to we see pause the on there. that stat for a second? Because that's a yeah. new, that's a new type of stat that PDGA is providing slash stat Mando. And I'm curious because you say, wow, that's a, a third or over, what was it? Two thirds? It was a third. It was a third of her total okay. throw and des- uh, distance or putting distance. Is okay, like, so putting easier, distance. but it does include aces or really long throw ins. But in this case, it was all putting. Right. And so in this scenario, if you do that math real quick and you divide it over the rest of the holes, 17 holes divided by like 100 feet. Uh, it was a nine hole round. So eight other oh, holes. Were okay. That makes it, me feel a lot better. I was like, man, she's like dropping in everything. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. Cool. Nine holes. Uh, no. Yeah. So uh, that's just, that's incredible that, you know, uh, 33% uh, repeating of your, uh, of your throwing distances on one hole. Like I just, that's so cool to just think about that for the whole nine holes. There's one was a third like that. I don't know. I'm, I, I can't really know? state that any more ways, but I are just they just asking these scorekeepers? Are they just saying like, Hey, how far are they from the basket? Like prior to putting or is it after? Uh, it is both. Okay. Um, so it's how, it, and again, it's <clears throat> optionable, um, but it's definitely good to record it. Uh, just because it helps get all these cool stats, but you can uh, record the distance to the basket on every single throw. Um, but then mm-hmm. it'll also do when you make the putt, how far was it? So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it'll uh, pretty much no matter what, it'll record how far you were from the, um, for the made putt or throwing, but excuse me. When you uh, say it optional. will record, that is the input. Somebody's putting that data in, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's not these high-tech robot cameras uh, that would be really or sick. Or GPS uh, that could be plus or minus 30 feet. <laughs> yeah, uh, certainly. No, it's uh, it's all, uh, you know, humans entering in, and hopefully they, you know, have a rangefinder or using, um, you know, context clues like the circle being marked, yeah. things like that to help it out. Um, so, you know, I'm sure people will be like, oh, it's not the most accurate, but I, I think it's pretty good. And it's, it makes cool stats like this that I love to talk about. And I think a lot of other people do too. So I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, moving on to the MPO singles round, uh, we had a three-way tie for the hot round uh, at even par, which, you know, again, lots of rain makes these holes that, you know, you might be able to reach in great conditions. You're shooting about 40 feet shorter than you probably would with all this rain. That's, you know, me guessing. I don't know that definitively. Uh, but Aaron Gossage, Ezra Robinson, and Kyle Klein all shot even par. And then we're talking about average throw and distance. This one I found really neat, too, is Aaron Gossage had the best score. His average putt was just 10.6 feet. Uh, he was 100% in C1X, so it wasn't like he was missing putts and getting closer, um, at least from within the circle. Um, but that's telling me that his approaches are getting really good. If he doesn't have to, doesn't have to make uh, big putts, uh, he's getting those close ones and shooting the best score. So that's really cool to see. Um, and then Kyle Klein shot 
67% circle twos and regulation, uh, which was the best in the field. And then also just to note something on Ezra Robinson, which that makes it sound like he didn't do anything good. Of course, he had the hot round. I'm sorry for that wording. Uh, he had the only birdie on hole five. Uh, so the final scores for the weekend, Team Missy wins six to three and Team Isaac wins five to four. So congrats to those teams. Um, some people might just be like, oh, it's just all stars. But I don't know, it's pretty cool. We got to see the players play. Uh, and congrats, congrats to the teams for winning. Yeah. And thank you for providing all of that with our late start. We pushed Isaac back a little bit, but we're going to get Isaac on here shortly. And I, we're going to ask him how that went down. It was interesting on my end. And Josh, I'll let you and Ben kind of chime in here. Did you have a good viewing experience? Were you able to view it? Were you excited? What was it like? Josh, I'll start with you. Right. So I know we're going to acknowledge that it's probably not everybody's experience, but it worked just fine for me. So sorry to those of you out here who had hassles, headaches, or couldn't see it. Um, I pulled it up on my phone, loaded up, watched the event, went upstairs, uh, opened the Roku, fired up the DGN app. Um, it asked me to log in and authenticate in the easy way, which I just opened my phone, went to a website and put in a, a you know, the six code number and it was in. And the only annoying thing was, um, the constant raindrop sounds on the coverage. So lucky me, it worked. I realized that's not everybody's experience. Um, but I thought it was, it was great. It seemed pretty much on par from past, uh, maybe a little bit of rust because I could see it was the first event of the season. The all-star format's a little different, so maybe it's not just quite the normal vibe, but um, the parts that I did capture, I enjoyed. I will say in general, a soaking wet all-star event just didn't have a lot of uh, appeal for me. I think the rain was a big part of it. It just kind of like, no pun intended by this because damp, but it put a damper on the experience. But otherwise, congrats to the to the winners, obviously. If you could see what I could see, Ben next to me is like, I'm going to try to reenact him. He's like, don't, don't come to me. Don't come what the heck? Don't, How are you exposing me? Don't come to me. Why are you exposing me? <laughs> so because I'm curious what that means, dude. Like, what does it mean? It means mean? don't come to me. But you it means know. now I got to explain. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, had, you can plead the fifth, I had two family parties Saturday, Sunday, and I did not watch. So there you go. That That's... Hey, that's well, fi I, that's fine. Well, I, like, watched, I, I didn't watch that is live. Your I experience, say. Ben. Yeah, I, I, what, I, what I didn't did watch you do? live. We played left, right, center. We had steak. Uh, um, no, what did then, you do to consume the All Star event? <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, you can talk about your weekend. And then Sunday too, we had lamb, so two family dinners was great. Um, shout out George and Allison. I know you're watching. Um, what I did is uh, YouTube classic YouTube highlights through Instagram through social media. Stuff like that, you know, I saw Ezra birdie that hole you were talking about. Pretty incredible. Got a little tree low. Um, but yeah, so next week I'm definitely going to tune in. Just all-stars. It, it wasn't too do or die for me. And there you go, chat. Been exposed. <laughs> um, my experience is probably a little closer to some of the, the people who are saying, hey, this was just horrible. Why am I paying this money? I wasn't quite there because I'm just a strong supporter of people that I believe in. And I do believe in the pro tour. There is a mindset of like, you know, you, you pay for a product, you want it. And I get that. And that's people can be upset about it. But I don't see the disc golf pro tour as just another Walmart or pick whatever retailer you want. I see them as, for what it's worth, a startup. And transitioning like this, you want to see a lot of things that are just smooth. 
Um, but this is just kind of the nature where we're at. So while my experience wasn't great, I'm willing to give some grace here. Uh, one of the main frustrations for me being the Amazon Fire TV app that we use in our house um, wasn't able to be used. So I could pull it up on a computer, but then I'm plugging in HDMI cords running around the house. My kids are trying to watch upstairs. I'm trying to watch during work. It, it was kind of, it was a little glitchy on my iPhone. Apparently the new Fire Sticks work, so, or Amazon. Maybe well, the, they sent they the, sent a whole email today, Matt, oh. about all the troubleshooting and all the Amazon devices it'll work on. So if you go to the email and click on it, yeah, I'm not I don't saying think it good works or bad. on my Fire Stick, but I I did look into it a little bit. I, the iPhone app for DGN I did restart because it was getting a little jumpy, glitchy. My point is, there everyone's yeah, yeah. experiencing these issues. It could have been a better test rollout phase, but some of it has to be real world. Some of it has to be because you can't. It's like us trying to stream, right? Now we don't have. <sighs> the 20,000, but sometimes it's like when you go and finally get the actual real world, things are a little bit different. So anyways, that is a kind of summarization. Let us know in the chat. What was your experience? What do you think about it? We'd love your feedback on that. I will say the stats were cool, Evan. Thanks. I thought they were cool too. That's how I was consuming it is. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, uh, looking at PDG alive pretty much the whole weekend, tracking all the, Oh, cool nice. Stuff. We're I mean, in solidarity. Uh, we both didn't watch it. Sweet. Well, I, I was consuming it in, in, in one way and you're consuming it in a different way. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. I was consuming it live. So uh, I am better than you, Ben. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I seeing all these stats in action that, you know, I, I knew was knew what was coming. Uh, but then getting to see it with, you know, live data coming in, seeing how other people reacted to it, seeing how it kind of all was put together was really, really cool. And then just having fun, uh, like seeing about it, like seeing that um, uh, Aaron Gossage had 10.6 uh, feet of average throw-ins. Like that was so cool just to see happen live. And I just was loving all of it. So um, what did you guys think about? And I sorry if you already talked about this. I was texting with Isaac uh, trying to get this side figured out with the schedule change. But DGN's tiered subscription model. Um, I don't think it's outrageous, and I think it's kind of interesting. And maybe they had to start somewhere. What What do you think? Just initially, you think it's this is a good growth opportunity for them? What do you think, Josh? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um... Was it was what a good growth opportunity? The tiered like, the tiered um, subscription model. Yeah, I mean, I've seen so much of the reactions across the board. Um, you're asking if a tiered model makes sense. It absolutely does, um, because people have different levels of interest. We could actually even represent that on this show, right? To be quite candid, uh, you have some people who are just spending so much money on disc golf because they want to consume everything. They already watch all the free YouTube and then they want to watch all the, the live, right? As much as they can. Um, and that costs something to produce, right? And those people often see themselves as investing, Matt, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, like viewing it as something you believe in. Um, and so having a top tier makes sense. And then having your entry level tier, which I think for a PDGA members like $6 and you can get most events, um, you know, and on the two months, if you want to see the European open or us live, you can fork out a little extra cash. Um, it seems reasonable to me. I think the big challenge they're facing is the people who feel like it seems reasonable then expect a return on their own investment. And right, so they expect the quality, they expect the access and the production. So that will be a hard sell if they have the tiers, but then they don't deliver 
right on that. I think it's an open question of you have the all-star week in the first event of the year after a lot of media and technical changes. Um, I would encourage patience, but I think they've got to find a way to deliver. Um, in the end though, like it or not, maybe I have some more kind of raw opinions, um, even outside of disc golf, but everything is going this direction. So we shouldn't be surprised uh, that the disc golf network is also. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, we pushed our show around a little bit uh, for a necessary reason. My computer, I, again, I won't say it enough, but or I'll say it too much. We thought it was done. We thought tonight was the night, but it's still going. We, we have our guest Isaac Robinson in the green room. So we're going to go ahead and pull him in here. Uh, happy to have him. Well, welcome to the show. All-star team captain winner, uh, Isaac Robinson. Let's go ahead and bring him in. What's up, Isaac? How are you doing, dude? Good. How are you guys? Really good. Hey, your camera's working. Your audio's working. I've seen you on a lot of footage lately, but it's looking better than ever here on Staggered Stance. Glad. As long as it's better than uh, Brody's podcast the other day, <laughs> I'll be I'll be happy. I I laugh in slight pain because I've been there, but I did tune in. I I tune in to hear good interviews, and I was like, "Ooh, that's a that's a struggle bus." But here you are, so we're glad that you're able to join us, um, dude. You have some time to dry off. What was that like? Was it the rainiest you've ever been in? Muddiest, or where does that fall on the scale? Definitely up there. I think the hardest rain I've ever played in was probably Worlds Round One, um, but the muddiest was definitely this weekend um there's a bunch of like white clay out there mm. and once that gets wet it's like walking through wet concrete sticking to your shoes and uh so it was a little rough but everybody was out there putting you know hay and mulch and uh doing the best they could to kind of soak it up um but still it was just there was so much mud I was just going to ask you, uh, Nick Carl right now, you know, other host here on Staggered Stance is texting me and he's saying that ultimately he's trying to rake out some final stuff and get things ready as that course, you know, got bombarded with rain. I think it's starting <laughs> to kick his butt a little bit. Um, obviously, this is a very busy two weeks for him. Um, what else can he do better? What have you observed that he can do better? You know, mm -hmm. if he's tuning in now or he tunes in later, like what should he be doing? I think mulch works better than uh, straw. So put a lot of mulch out if it's going to rain. But I think it's not supposed to rain for the rest of the week, um, which would be amazing. Does that um, does that look like then at that course, because I've never been there, does that look like if you don't have rain for the week that it's actually going to possibly get dry enough to be like good conditions? I think so. I think they closed the course today, um, so there was no practice whatsoever um, for the tournament. And uh, I think they're opening it up again on or t tuesday so tomorrow um so hopefully it should be dried up today it was real sunny and real warm so that should help what did you think of the all-star activities it's a little bit different format than we saw in previous years um i'm interested from everything from like how the actual activities are held minus let's say the doubles and singles right now the actual skills challenges um, everything from like the drones overhead actually as a player, maybe what your perspective is on that. And mm -hmm. do you think some of the format could change with this being fresh in your mind? I'd be interested. Yeah. First off, I think the all-star event is very, very fun. Um, it's a great way to kind of have a vacation and play disc golf at the same time. Um, so super fun event. I think, um, 
I think I would like to see the skills competition go back to um, scoring points for your team. Mm. It kind of felt a little disconnected from the rest of the tournament because we were asked to participate um, and kind of be there for those events, obviously. Mm. But there wasn't a whole lot of meaning behind it other than showcasing um, what you were good at, uh, which was fine. But I think it's more fun when there's consequences and things on the line if you don't perform well. Um, because I know for me, I was un, kind of unmotivated to practice because I knew that I could go out and I could just embarrass myself and that would just be the only penalty, really. Um, but there was nothing kind of, there was no competitiveness for my team that I wanted to succeed and to do well. Mm. Um, so I think tying those back in uh, with the overall event and I think that would be a smart idea on their, on their part. What? Okay, so that's interesting. I, I've got a lot of thoughts here, but what could they do to actually create more value beyond a showcase? Because in large part, All-Star is fun for the players. They've been invited. It's a nice honor. But also, like I think of like Pro Bowl and other All-Star events we watch on TV. It's a large part also the fan experience. And I will say the skills translated that way. Um, but you're saying, you know, there it didn't feel that way from the player's perspective. And, and mm-hmm. I I think, I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say, I think, but I would like to see maybe a little bit more like, and I watched the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. They they did a lot of like, hey, if they even did a golf challenge at the Pro Bowl, like points for your team to hopefully help your team AFC, NFC win. So um, cool. Um, what did you think? I think I saw you standing there when Elizra threw over 500 feet. Did the crowd go wild? Were you there for that? Yes, I think I I am always entertained by a distance competition. Seeing people do things that I can't is just incredible. And so watching Eliezer throw, I mean, she throws further than me, I think. There's <laughs> there's almost no doubt in my mind. Um, so watching her throw is just so cool. And then, you know, on the flip side, watching AB throw over 700 is just mind-blowing. Absolutely crazy. You you were there for that, and um, AB turned around, and I'm sure in person you saw it, but his face looked like he was impressed slash surprised at himself, right? That's when you know it's far. When the thrower surprises themselves, that's when you know it's a, <laughs> it's a long shot. Um, yeah, so this weekend happened. Um, you're looking ahead to, obviously, the chess.com invitational. Um, what are your thoughts coming into this event after just playing through the rain? Is it all uphill or uphill could be bad? Is it all downhill from here? I think I got the nine holes that we played. I got those locked down. Um, you know, played those twice and the other, the other half of the course is really difficult. Um, I think there's one of the hardest par fours I've ever played. Um, I think it's hole four. So be watching the scores for that one. Um, but yeah, it's a very, very challenging course. The rough next to the baskets, um, you can be kind of circle two-ish, sometimes even circle one and have you know, a pile of sawgrass where you're putting through it. Um, lost discs are gonna be a thing. Uh, hopefully have lots of spotters out there. Uh, but the course is looking really fun. Um, I think it'll be good. I think the coverage of the event is gonna be good. Um, just sort of a lot of really cool holes. Um, but again, really tough. Okay. I have, um, let me see if I can get this audio turned up. It wasn't fully planned, but we played this, uh, interview. It looks like this interview was, it was the February of 2023. So a little, I guess less or more than a year ago. 
So here's here's what we said. Let's see if we can get this all the way turned out. That you have to believe that you're not an underdog. Okay, maybe against like no, not against anybody. You're not an underdog. Do you do you feel that way? I think I'm beginning to get kind of used to that feeling. At this, you know, like we touched on the start of the season, but like kind of have some having something to prove, kind of coming out starting hot. And then learning how to deal with, yeah, maybe I do belong in the top 10, you know, and how do, how do I keep that up consistently? It's, been a, it's taken kind of like a mental shift for me to kind of get there. And I'm not, and I'm not there yet. So you weren't fully there yet. Are you there now where you believe you're a top 10 player? Is it even a question for you? I think um, if I want to perform well, I have to be thinking that all the time. Um, but yeah, sometimes you know, sometimes that's not going to mean I place in the top ten all the time. But uh, coming into this season, I'm feeling better than ever. I think um, my backhand putting and even my forehand is feeling really, really good. And uh, yeah, I think I have what it takes, and I think I belong in the in the top ten. <laughs> yeah, did it? Because back then, uh, just over just over a year ago, like a year and a month. You're like, ah, oh, maybe I'm coming around to that. I'll think about it. And now you're like, yeah. Did it take winning a world championship? Did it take winning two majors in a year where you're like, this is actually <laughs> solidifying it for me? Or are you just in a totally different place now? Where is it that? Or you just feel like you're a different person? I think both. I think with the experience uh, kind of under my belt, you know, with Champions Cup and Worlds, um, I just can't help but feel like like I belong in the top 10 and that I have what it takes to win, you know, week in and week out. Um, where last year I didn't really feel that. I felt like I kind of got lucky <laughs> if I placed, you know, top five or, or happened to win um, at all. But after last year and especially after Worlds, I felt like I belonged in the disc golf world, I guess, <laughs> and belonged at the top. Yeah, wow. All right, I'm going to throw it over to intern Ben. He's got a question for you. Hey, Isaac, how we doing? Um, so kind of going off of that, um, the Olympus course, how do you like the switch up uh, from Olympus to Vegas? Do you prefer the Vegas style course starting off the year or you're like, this is this is where the Pro Tour should start every year? Man, that's a tough question because the courses at Vegas are, you know, they're so fun. Um I really enjoy not having to drive 30 plus hours <laughs> to Vegas. So I'm a little biased. Um, and I like wooded courses and I like tight, tight lines. So Olympus is, I think I'm going to say, I like it better in all sorts of ways. Um, plus Vegas, I played terrible at. So, um, you know, it's closer. It's more my type of golf. And uh, yeah, so I'm super excited to have it start where it is this year. Sweet. Thanks for that. Um, you also mentioned your forehand's been feeling better. You've been known as, you know, backhand dominant. Um, is that something you focus more in the off season and we're going to see more forehand Isaac or you still going to rely more on that backhand? I think off the tee, it'll be mostly backhand. Um, but in scramble shots or approaches, you'll see me pull out the forehand a little bit more. Uh, I've been talking to Gavin Babcock and Gannon and uh, just trying to get that forehand form down and, uh, you know, kind of implementing that into a practice routine. 
Um, but I have a lot more confidence. I think that's, that's the biggest thing uh, to actually throw it for approaches and for scramble shots. Before I pass this over to Josh, quick question. Did you intentionally pick your friends for this like all-star event? Or did you really believe, now I guess you got to be a little careful here. Did you really believe it was the best team? I mean, I know you came out on top here, but that's hindsight. Like when you went into it, were you like, I'm going to pick my friends? (laughs) No, I picked, um, you know, I am friends with with a, you know, majority of those guys for sure. But I wanted a team that kind of thought the same way I did. Um, and people, the people that I picked, I know that they're not happy unless they win. Um, and they are, they're kind of driven to perform well. And so I think that that makes a great team of people. Yeah. Um, the fact that I'm friends with them was kind of a, a side thought. Um, and I really did like in the draft, um, I went upstairs and I told, you know, I was talking to some people and I was like, I was like, I got everyone I wanted to. So there was nobody um, that I was like, dang, I w- you know, wish I had gotten them or, you know, I wish I didn't have this person on my team. But I really wanted all of them. And I felt like the draft played right into my hand because I got everyone I wanted. All right. Uh, Josh, go ahead. All right. So, Isaac, it always looks like you're having fun. Obviously, Matt talked about friends being on your team. And, yeah, you came out on top. Um so earlier you said the skills competition in many ways didn't matter because it wasn't tied back to points. It was more of a showcase. Mm-hmm. And then you just said you're, um, you know, those you chose are driven to win. So I'm curious, like being an all-star event, mm-hmm. is there really a drive from all the players to win this thing? Like, does every throw matter when you're out there nine holes in the sopping wet rain? Um, mm-hmm. Is, are all the when players focused and yeah, do they <laughs> do? I, I don't know how else to ask, except do they care? Does it matter? I think so. I, you know, this event isn't for a whole lot more than bragging rights, but I think that I know for me personally, it's a great way to start the season. Um, just with a win, you know, whether it means anything or not. Um, and I think all the guys on my team would say the exact same thing. Uh, the first thing Kyle said when we won was like, I'm three and O in all stars. And so I know it meant a lot to him to kind of keep that streak going. And, uh, so yeah, like, like I said, those guys are driven to win. And I think, all of us took this event pretty seriously, um, but we're able to have a great time playing as a team, you know, along with that. But, but yeah, I think, uh, I think it means a lot to win. But I, I would assume, and maybe you can confirm, you would rather win the chess.com invitational this coming weekend. Is that true? <laughs> yes, of course. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. So then two other non, non deep questions. Uh, one is, did you know, so Eliezra threw over 500 feet. You said, Hey, she maybe throws farther than me. We found out, was it last week, Matt? I forget. But did you know that she first learned to play disc golf after seeing it on YouTube? She learned by literally throwing pots and pan lids in the mountains of New Hampshire. She, before she ever had a disc or Frisbee. So just mark that down and say like, that's incredible. (laughs) And she's only been playing for like two years. Um, And then totally unrelated to that. So Isaac, the chess.com invitational, do you play chess? Is that something you're interested in? I do. So I play chess. I would not say I'm good at it. That would be a lie. Um, <laughs> but I grew up playing it and uh, I really do enjoy a good game of chess, but pretty much anybody would be able to beat me. Oh, awesome. I don't well, know certainly about not that. true. Yeah. Well, yeah. Who knows? I, but I'll, that's all right. You're, you can brag on the disc golf course. You don't have to worry <laughs> about bragging about chess. Um, 
But yeah, anyway, uh, great, great job this past weekend. It's great for those of us who wonder, does the all-star event matter? And by the way, like, I think we all think being an all-star matters. Um, Mm -hmm. I think whether or not the event itself does or not, but uh, it's awesome to hear the players do because I have said this uh, throughout my years on media. I care the most about events that players care about because then Mm -hmm. they play and then it matters. So, uh, Mm -hmm. so thanks for sharing that insights. I appreciate it. Of course. Okay. Obviously the floor is yours for anything you ever want to say here before we let you go. But I want to ask about drones. I saw a little bit of chatter online about it. Um, the idea of it kind of ruining the feel of, you know, throwing the disc and just silence, if you will. Um, there's a difference between like the distance comp and a drone whizzing overhead. They tried to use it in the skills shot uh, with hitting the gaps. That might have been a little much in my opinion. Um, but then you have drones nowadays hovering over overhead, actually giving aerial view. Um, as a player, do you hear the overhead ones? Do you care about the ones flying over you in distance comps? Like, what are your thoughts on drones and coverage? Yeah, I think as a player, I don't, it doesn't bother me. Uh, I'm not distracted um, by much in general, but not not the drones either. Um, as a spectator, um, I don't like it. Um, I think if you're watching disc golf and you see, you know, you see the person throw and then suddenly it switches to a drone view. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, well, where the heck is the disc and where is it going? And it's so hard to tell um, the angle and the you know trajectory of the disc and of the shot um, that it really makes it hard to tell. And I think it's a cool shot, but it doesn't play into like viewability, if that makes sense. Like it's mm-hmm. just very hard to tell what's going on. Um, and so I don't like it for that reason um, when I'm watching it online. Okay. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, do you hear the overhead drones ever during a round? I know you said you're not distracted by them, but do you ever recognize it? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely hear them um, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it was for what it's worth the the race drone if you will chasing on the long drives was actually pretty incredible to be live feeding that into the broadcast Mm -hmm. so that's not my thing though you're throwing and it's interesting to hear your opinion on that uh anything else that we should be looking forward to for isaac robinson on the road we're we're going to speculate about you we kind of did that little last week like who's going to win who's not going to win who's going to podium we've been doing a lot of that uh we're going to do some more of that for this weekend's picks um is there anything we should look out for? Are you going to miss events, certain events that you're putting a super priority on? Obviously, Worlds, I would imagine. But, like, what should we watch for you? Yeah, I'll be playing all the events, um, plus a couple A-tiers thrown in, since we have some break weeks. Um, I have my eyes set on the USDGC this year, oh. uh, which is a long way away. But I've already started telling people uh, I'm going to take that one down. So I hope I don't embarrass myself uh, by saying that. But... Uh, the numbers, if you look at the statistics and the numbers, I've improved every year um, for the past, I think, six years. And I've never gone down spots. So I got third last year. And so my the, the math says I'm, I'm going to win. Um, so I have my eyes set on that one. Uh, okay. More than, I, more than I think anything else. <laughs> okay. Well, what I'm going to do is clip this for an Instagram reel. And when you win, we'll just play this one back in your interview and we'll just keep that a trend on the show, playing back things you say on our show. 
Um, Perfect. I, like I said, well, I hope I don't embarrass myself. But <laughs> we'll we'll hey, just well, cut at, that part out. Yeah. Well, at the beginning of this interview, right? You said you have to believe, right? You have to say what you believe, yeah. and that helps you actually perform. I think that there's some pride truth to that. So we'll be. All the odds makers, go ahead and put your bets in early now because Isaac says he's going to win. So, if if you are performing well at this event, it's not like you're underperforming drastically. And I'm like, hey, what's it going to take? Like some massive thing. It seems like you probably have it figured out. Is it literally just a matter of one hole, two holes, three holes not going right in the whole event? Is that kind of where you're at right now? Yeah. Yep. I would say so. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's when you're like, dang, if I could just get three holes back, I win the thing. So yeah, that's, well, oh, here, yeah. here you go, man. You just got to be on nowadays. The disc golf pro tour is no joke. As you know, um, it's going to mm -hmm. get tougher and tougher and you're in your rising cream to the crop, uh, to the top. There you go. Um, mm -hmm. well, man, unless you have anything else you want to share, we're going to let you go. You got anything? No, I was, I was, did have one question. Yeah. Where did the, uh, where did the staggered stance? Oh, what is that? Flipping the interview that's, on that's us. New to me. Let's go. Flipping the interview on us. Um, well, we've talked about it for a while for our listeners, but we will share with you because you're here right now. Um, Nick and Matt show ran its course, if you will. It started out as just like a fun little like hobby idea. And it was just Nick and Matt doing it together. It grew into a lot more. And we were pretty much at five people and we just didn't feel like the name can work. But we didn't feel mm -hmm. like putting all of our eggs in one basket on two guys who possibly have other career jobs may decide not to do it so we thought for this the strength of the the business brand if you will we could change the name now where did we get the name staggered stance i'll just be honest we had like 140 names and all of us had different picks like all of us were like number one on different things and so you had to do this rank system and at the end as crazy as it is the rank system pointed to staggered stance and here we are so yeah nice yeah that's cool I that like that was this yeah. are you a staggered stance putter i think you are or are you more yeah, really think... straight you're no you're... i'm definitely yeah. staggered. okay staggered mm -hmm. stance there we go free, nice. free advertising like for the show in the booth they say oh it's a staggered stance i'm like yep and he's talking about us. on hey, monday <laughs> hey before we let isaac go i just have to acknowledge something so isaac um these guys off offline continue to hold something against me for a, like a couple of years oh, now yeah. and you're part of this every single time and you know oh, nothing yeah. about it uh and so Gannon i'm just gonna like out myself phone. now yeah gannon gannon knows because we talked to him but uh I, well now how many years ago anyway my worst i've been in disc golf media for like three or four years on the disc mm -hmm. golf network for two years and then sometimes on this show i made my worst uh like media take ever and i basically said i think after you won idlewild i'm like i don't know if we're gonna hear from this guy again and um pretty much we have continued to hear from you again and again and again which which makes me happy on a personal level but uh these guys you know it's it's different but much like you and your your road peers rib each other for all the things that happens on the side here they're always reminding me of hilarious. my isaac robinson take so i just figured i'd bring it up with you now so you know um and uh you know you can feel good about that before before it makes it back to him through other avenues gannon i literally was like house. oh yeah like we'll never my i'm making a take now we'll never hear from him again on the tour <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i obviously didn't know what i was talking about for lots of reasons in hindsight but anyway <laughs> that's awesome. good stuff thanks for telling me yeah that's it's good inspiration <laughs> and uh anyways we won't tell you all the bad picks we had on you you're Wait, just proving I, everybody I, wrong i want to tell him on the inverse 
I predicted you to win Champions Cup. Wow. Yeah. I've always Thanks, believed man. in you. Of course. So I appreciate always it. Ben has always believed in you. True He's, fan. We've always yeah. believed in you. He is a true fan. Well, I hey, to be clear, I'm a true fan now. Like I would never say that again, <laughs> Isaac. Like I am picking you to win many events this year. There Ooh. we go. Including USDGC. Yeah, I think we're all picking I believe it. Little fantasy <laughs> disc golf. Don't let us down. Don't let us down. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right, man. Um we appreciate your time. Glad to see that you're doing well. We're excited to see how the season unfolds. I mean, I'm I'm sure you're super stoked. The actual tournament season is here. You're pumped, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been too long of an off season. Okay. That's for sure. All right. Well, uh, your brother's coming in strong, man. You looking in your rearview mirror at all? You think, man, he's he's on his way to beating you regularly or no? I'm terrified. Um, <laughs> really? He is uh he is on fire. I played with him you know almost you know on a weekly basis over the offseason he's just getting so good i would not be surprised if he wins oh baby all right mm-hmm. well you heard it here guys he wouldn't be surprised <laughs> but we'll see what goes down we appreciate your time on the show and uh we'll have you on again i'm sure and good luck out there man sweet thanks guys all right peace out man all right everybody isaac robinson world champion two-time major champion and thinking his brother might beat him at chess.com invitational i i think there's a legitimate like he's he's being nice to his brother but i think there's a legitimate this is actual reality it possibly could happen oh i think so his brother continued to perform better and better and better and um yeah, better. I think the seal yeah. and even better. Well, better right. I should have said better. one more better. Thank you, Evan. I got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, but literally, right? Like I absolutely think he might blow us away. In fact, when we talk about picks later, maybe he's a good one. All right. Well, here we go. Actually, let's introduce everybody to this year's version of Pop Drop Lock. Intern Ben, let's pull it up. So we have this segment that we've done in um last year we we invented this idea and it's not totally original in some ways you get points for picking players it's a very one week based kind of fantasy disc golf but what you're doing is you're picking players that you think are going to perform above their average on the season or below their average on the season and then you're going to try to pick someone who could win and we'll kind of explain the points here because this is the first time of the year that we're doing this. Um, you're going to get a point for every place above their average. So if somebody's averaging 20th place and you pick them as your pop pick, that means they're going to overperform, pop off, if you will. If you pick someone who's averaging 20th and they go into the event and you say, hey, that's my pop pick and they get 10th place, short and simple, you get 10 points. If we pick the drop pick, that means you think they're going to underperform at the following event. If they're averaging 20th on the year and you pick them and they finish 30th, you get minus 10 points. Uh, No, sorry, drop. That's what you want. Sorry, (laughs) you want the drop. So you'd get 10 points there as well. Okay, so you want the drop to be as far down as possible from their average, pop to be above their average as far as possible. And then for your lock, you're trying to pick the winner. We aren't doing podiums as in like you pick first second third you just try to pick the winner and here's how that works it isn't fully nailed down in stone we were chatting right before the show but ultimately if you pick the winner you'll get 25 points okay and then if you get second third fourth or fifth so top five not winner you're going to get uh 10 points 
And then from there on up till 10th place, you would get one point at 10th place, two points at 9th place, so on and so forth. So you still get some points for not picking the winner, but you want someone who's going to perform up to the top. Um, and getting this kicked off, because I brought it up last week in horrible fashion, the way I talked about it. We're picking for the full season right now, the players, both MPO and FPO, that we think are going to overperform compared to last season. So if you took the average of a player's last season, we're picking a player right now, both MPO and FPO, that we say this is their season. They are going to pop off this year. Now, this is something we'll have to revisit at the end of the year as our bonus points, if you will. But that's what we're going to go ahead and do right now. And um, Josh, we're not going to put it up on the board here because this is for the full year, this this pick here. But Josh, go ahead and give us your pick for 2024 MPO-FPO. Actually, just do MPO. We'll go around. All right. So I crunched all the numbers. And maybe as we go around, we can all add with some commentary on why or whatnot. But I'm simply going to say somebody who I believe averaged well below what I think they're going to average this year. And I'm picking Parker Welk, newly signed with mm. DGA. Parker Welk. Yeah. By the so, way, before we move through this, because we, we got this weird, it's a blend of segment right now where we're doing <laughs> this year and we're doing um, individual picks. But this segment is going to be presented by Hooligan Discs. And it is, you if you're watching live, you're seeing that on screen, Hooligan, hooligan Discs. If you're not sure who they are, look them up. Who that Hooligan <laughs> but Hooligan Disc, this is the segment presented by Hooligan Disc, Pop Off, uh, Pop Drop Lock. Um, we're really excited to have them on board, and we'll be talking more about them for sure. Uh, yeah, Evan. Well, Evan, well, Evan will keep his stat Mando or PDGA hat because he's you know got something on the line there. But like for this segment, I just need to be able to swap out my Hooligan hat. Yes. I mean, I have my stat Mando hat. But, <laughs> Ooh, that one looks good. I mean, right now we got Hooligan, Hooligan versus <laughs> Stat Mando. That's what I'm saying. For the Mando. segment, we got to wear all the hats. All Let's go. Right. Well, if, you know. if we had a draft of people on the show for who you think is the best pop drop lock player, I'm picking Josh first. So, oh, man. Yeah. I don't uh, know. That's I'd good teams Evan. right there. Evan, who do, you Evan got? who do you got for MPO? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, for MPO, <laughs> well, Parker Welk is my number two pick. I was like, ooh, I like that one. I want to go for him, but I actually had someone else in mind. Uh, thinking kind of a up and coming player who's uh, maybe newer to tour and I think is going to solidify themselves has a full schedule this year. I don't know if it's full full, but like fairly full uh, at the minimum, uh, and that's Braden Sides. Uh, so I wish I had a little bit more info because to really hype him up, uh, but that is my pick. Wow, uh, Ben. Uh, for me, you know, he's 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 touring full time this year. I think for the first time, I you know he hit a few stops. He stayed at my house, so I'm a little biased, but I'm going with Silas Schultz as my pop-off player of the year. I think he's going to do incredible, just fix his butt. So he's going to he's gonna be draining them now. All right, and my pick is Kyle Klein. Ooh. Now, you may be surprised. Surprised for sure. Yeah, major champion. But if you look back at last year, we were wondering where he was for so much of the season. And people were talking about, oh, he's got a back injury, this or that. His average finish is 20. It, I hope the math was right here. It's 27th place. Does that seem low for Kyle Klein? Averaging yeah, 27th? seems low. That seems sure low. does. So uh, I'm not going to say too much, but he wasn't my season long pick. Uh, I, he also had a few DNFs. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here and be like, ooh, does that, including DNFs, which, you know, you can argue if it should or shouldn't. Uh, but you are right oh, that he had a, he had a I, stretch no. of, 
It might not be because he had a stretch of like, you know, a few just bad events. He had a hurt back. Well, so uh, he was we'll, really struggling with that around like, you know, the early mid to middle late season. I, I forget exactly when. And he was great at the beginning and the end. And he obviously is a great player who probably is a top 10 player and arguably a top five player. Right. And so we're just trying to move up as far as possible. And that gave me opportunity. If possible, any if that was DNFs and we're saying DNFs don't count, can we say they don't count? For two, like, there's two different ways to look at that. One is injury based. One is like I dropped out. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I agree that DNF should not count, and it's just a it's it's not a negative. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to do if they DNF before the tournament starts. Sometimes we do like a or you know repick through texting. But if they DNF during the middle of the event, I think it just kind of unfortunate you know but it doesn't count to their average for the season we'll talk about that yeah. instead of getting bogged down here i do yeah. think he's a good pick i hope he i hope he takes it down and i didn't mean to uh rock the boat and say that josh's math was wrong uh it i'm might just be. saying josh I, I do you know, know. Did that include dnfs I, I will go double check like it's but... like 90th 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 <laughs> i'm guessing it no you don't need to double uh... check now we'll we'll do the snake draft here i'm going to give you my 2024 pick for fpo uh and it is Luca Lorenzen as the 2024 um, pop FPO pop off player uh, compared to last year. Her visa, she's been practicing hard. She's here. She's ready to go. I think good things for her. Ben, you're up. My pop off player for, I honestly forget what this I year. had written. Yeah. Can you go to someone else? Cause I forget. All right, Evan. All right. I'll go up next. Oh, I can't believe um, I forgot. I I'm on the hype train and I, I might have been one of the early ones, but now that she's over an MVP, I think her hype train is uh, uh, getting passengers. Uh, but that's Silva Saarinen. Uh, it looks like she'll play over in the U.S. to start the season. It's going to have a heavy European stretch in the in the center, which oh, we're, we're doing this as we go, and we'll figure out European events, how they fit in. But either way, whether we are or not counting them, I do want Silva Saarinen because I think she's going to surprise some people. And I think if you don't know her name and you're hearing it for the first time as I'm speaking, uh, you will certainly hear her name more throughout the season. All right, I got, I got mine. I got mine. I don't, know, I don't know why I didn't write my picks down, but I got it in my brain now. I think this is going to be the clear winner, and I got a lot of faith. I am going with Eliezra. 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 Middling, she her average is like twenty three according to Josh. Uh, <laughs> We're just gonna keep going back to Josh. According to Josh, hey, no, hey. but to be clear, no, no, like I, it is off. accurate. You know why? She had one event. Oh well, does that count? Then? It I does not that. count. We oh. should have. <clears throat> we we should have put that. But Evan, we ran into this last year. You said we could give yeah. a certain number. We, can we give a certain but, number or no? No. Uh, we can do a minimum of like three or four. I mean, we said tour card holders before, and she does have her tour card, uh, as we learned. Yeah, I like uh, that. From tour, her card, interview. tour card. So, uh, yeah, that'll make, you know, pop picks a little bit like we have to keep it to people playing all tour all season. Can we give somebody who's new an opportunity to be a part of this game if we say, like, uh, we give them an average, like 15? I honestly don't think, okay. like, Elisa Middling at 23 is like that no, uh, I think insanely. That's fine. I, I, I think, think it's fine. Like, all right. All right. I'm keeping my pick could, then. Like, if she throws far. We know right. this. The show really agrees. We can let her. Well, what she finished at Worlds? That was the 23, wasn't 23, it? 23, yeah. Uh, so, I believe uh, yeah, her. you're not including throw a pink in this. I'm guessing it's major no, elite events yeah. or, or what it was exactly. But yeah, which, I just which is literally fine. took, yeah, the DGPT elite and. Yeah. Majors. So uh, the. Um, I could see her finishing in the 20s more this year. I mean, her 
she's still young. She throws a mile, but you know, you need a whole game. Uh, and we, we haven't been fully proved that she has it on a He's wide range of courses. All right, Josh, you're up, man. FPO for 2024 pop off compared to last year. All right. Paige Pierce. Oh man. And you can still pick Paige. No, Pierce. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Averaged 11.8 last year. Ooh. Um, and so if you think she can average in the top five or six, then you're gaining six or seven points, which maybe doesn't sound like a lot, but honestly, you look down the leaderboard, that's going to be hard for anybody to pick up that many mm-hmm. average spots. So that's my pick. All right. Uh, there we go. Um, let me give you Nick's. He texted me. He's still raking on the course. He's picking Anthony Barella this year as his pop-off. I think he picked kind of last year a lot of Anthony too, so he's just believing in him. But for 2024, Nick is locking in Anthony Barella. Uh, and Nick, it, like me, Luca in is her is his FPO pop pick for 2000. So we both have something in common there. Um, all right. The way this segment works coming into each event, we aren't going to do the yearly picks thing again. Put that aside. That's just sitting there for bonus at the end of the season. This segment should be presented before any given tournament week. And the cool part is we have a guy, Dave, Dave Shrek, everybody. We're just going to call him Shrek from here on out. Shrek. Don't he, he is super close allowing everybody to play this game with us through a cool web interface okay very close where you're just going to be able to pick the event pick the players and you'll be able to compete against each other and us we'll have a leaderboard you'll be able to see how you place i think we'd like to do prizes we're going to figure that out but on screen here this week we are going to demonstrate for you how this is played out uh you will get that we'll get the points and we'll We'll just play along like that. So um, up first, we're going to let Nick go. And we're going to do MPO picks here first. Then we'll follow it up with FPO. Uh, Nick, as you can see, just populated on screen. His pop-off player for MPO is Thomas Gilbert. Uh, So Thomas Gilbert, he thinks, is going to play well at this event enough that he's a pop-off player. Because he saw him birdie that I was saying Nick's seeing him practice. I know. So he's getting insights. It's like, oh, this guy's good. That's a great pick by Nick, by the way. I yeah, I don't know what his average is. This would be fun yeah, for us in the either. future weeks, obviously, to have averages. Yeah, I think I think it was a little lower. He he's been having a few tough years. So uh if he just has, Definitely you low. know, he has the skills to pop off. We know this. Uh he's just got to do it. So okay. I think it'll be fun. Uh we're gonna go according to the screen here just to make it easier for my brain because I'm typing and talking and uh I'm gonna go ahead and put up Adam Hammis as my pop-off player for uh chess.com. He was definitely not performing to his abilities fully last year. Um, so we're t- starting with the average from last year going into this event. And I think he can throw far. That's not as, and he can play in the woods. I think he's going to be inspired and he's going to place better than his average. That's where I'm going. Uh, Ben, you're up. Um, you know, for my pop-off player, I am going back to back Silas Schultz. His grandparents live in Florida. He's he he's from Louisiana, right next to Florida, around there, and yeah, he's used to that <laughs> weather. He's, he's gonna he, pass through Mississippi and Alabama first, but uh, <laughs> it's around there, uh, same climate, kind of. Um, but yeah, I'm going I'm going with Styles again. All right, Josh, you're up. Anthony Barella. Um, you're not alone, I'm sure, in thinking he's gonna have good, good, good time. <laughs> like he's a great player. When's he going to put it together and actually really perf- you think this is a pop-off. So there you go. Did you have any prediction? You think he might win it? Is this going to be your lock pick too? 
Well, now that you stole my thunder, that's my lock pick also, yes. Oh, wow. Wow. Great. Ooh. We'll just put it in again. Boom. Uh, let's go ahead. Evan, who's your pot pick? All right. Wh- whichever grandbrother picked him, but uh, Kyle Klein, I liked his uh, his lower than it should be uh, average finish. I just, I mean, he, all, he had, yeah, he tied for the hot round. That's what I said earlier, right? Uh, with the singles round. Um, and I mean, he's a fantastic player coming off the USDGC win. I just feel like this course suits him well. I like him with elevation. I, I don't have any like stats to back that up, but I just like it. So um, I think there's a lot of elevation in this course, which is incredible for Florida. So uh, I, I'm feeling pretty confident. I, I would even put him in as, in as my lock, but I'm going to go in other direction for that pick. So uh, I'll share okay. that later. Yeah, because you could almost double up. If you pick your pot player and he, they get second and it was a big cre- increase and you can pick a player that's going to win. If you can do both, then you're killing it. So, all right. Uh, Nick is choosing as his drop pick Carter Aarons, and that is up on screen. Carter Aarons. Um, my initial thoughts are he's definitely an upcoming player. Uh, it is a good player. I have no idea how he's playing down. Nick thinking that that's going to hurt him. <laughs> so... Uh, let's go ahead and move to mine. I'm typing now and you guys will see on screen what Calvin Heimberg. I'm starting <laughs> off 2000. Everyone's smiling. Uh, I can't believe it. Well, <laughs> you about be, to lose points. Man. But to be clear, Calvin, um, averaged right fourth place last year. He I think averaged fourth. Right so still, all I have I mean, to do is he's probably going to finish like fourth, yeah, third, second, or first. That's right? what this game is. Good math, good math. This yeah. is this game, right. man. But so, he's from Florida. But like, at worst, <laughs> but he finishes I don't play like Maple 12, Hill goal, and then you get eight points, and yeah, like eight yeah, points is Calvin, nothing. But eight game. points up is pretty good. Unless yeah, I mean, you, it's something. Well, if you look at the averages, I'm saying that it gets harder as the year progresses because the averages are pretty solid now. Players are not popping off accordingly as as much. That's my pick, Ben. Who do you got for your drop? For my drop, again, like I hate this part, but it's like he wants people to do bad. It does kill me. But just off of the numbers, I'm playing off purely numbers. I'm playing (laughs) off uh, um, comments that were made how it it was said that it's not a forehand-friendly course. I'm going to go with Chandler Kramer as my drop. Um, because he's gonna he throws forehands only, and he's gonna huck it straight into the that that Spanish moss, <laughs> and it's never coming back. All right, uh, Josh, you're up next for your drop pick, Anthony Barella. No, <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's it's you know there's not much to go on at the beginning of the season, and so James Proctor. Uh, I mean, he may play great, but like I'm saying. He may I like not. those picks, Josh. I like your picks. I like A B J P A B. Evan, you're up. What's your drop? All right, I'm gonna play this season on hard mode. Last year was a little too easy for me, if I'm being honest. Uh, so the entire season, my drop easy. pick is always gonna be Ben's pop pick. Let's go. Oh, that's what you're going with. I'm I'm playing against Ben. I'm just gonna guess he doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, and I don't like it here because I don't want to pick Silas Schultz as my drop pick. No, 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 no. Oh. Silas Schultz, my drop pick. Oh, 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 because sorry. Ben picked him as his pop pick. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I don't love that pick. I think I'm going to lose points. Um, but I'm going with it and uh, trusting that Ben is wrong. All right. Um, moving back up to Nick. 
I'm juggling a few things here, still trying to get Jeff Spring in. Um, oh, okay, here we go. Nick has put in a name that we'll be familiar with, populating on screen, Anthony Barella. Oh, that was his pop That's pick his for the lock. year, was it not? Yes. I think oh, so, oh my goodness, we're on lock. I, I, it's I on lock, and so oh he's goodness. thinking this is Excuse the season yeah, of AB, yes. and he's yeah. starting out that way. That's kind of well, where me, he's going with it. Well, me too, right? Yeah. So. Okay. Um, my lock pick is Calvin. Oh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a good pick. My lock pick is popped on screen. Paul McBeth. Ooh. I don't know. Spicy me. I don't know. This is hard to do. Kind of his home course. I don't, it's not, I don't know. I feel like he's played a little course, bit. I feel like he's probably designed it a little bit. I feel like he's feeling you know, better. People say like, I, I uh, own that course and they kind of just mean they can like <laughs> score whatever they want. But Paul can literally say he owns that course. Yeah, okay. let me pull up real quick. Uh, throw down the mountain. Yeah, he's one of is, Ben. Uh, give me the yeah, lock right well there historically. Uh, hold on, Matt. Paul McBeth has played throw down the mountain five times, um, which as an A tier each year, but you know, not like it's a, a tour level field. Uh, he has won it all five times. Yeah. Uh, and some of those years he's beaten Calvin Heimberg. Some of those years he's beaten other good players. Uh, maybe not a full depth again, uh, but it's not like he's beaten nobody's. Uh, yeah. So. I just need him to at least get in the top 10, at least. And then the higher up he goes, the more points I get. And if he wins it, watch out, boys. Okay, Ben, give us your lock. Matt, if you think Paul, after a massive injury and a kid, is going to do any good at this tournament, (laughs) you'd be absolutely right. I'm going Paul McBeth all the way. He owns that course, and he owns that course, as Evan said. (laughs) He is going to take that dub. Oh, you? All right, so Josh, you've already given us your lock. You've given us them all. Uh, A, B for your pop, A, B for your lock, and um, uh, James Proctor for your drop. We're on to Evan for the final MPO pick as a lock. Who do you have, Evan? Uh, I'm going the course owner, Dylan Cease. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh, (laughs) I was just typing him in. (laughs) (laughs) I am not going Dylan Cease. Sorry, Dylan. I don't think you're uh, quite that level. Magnus Carlson. Uh, yeah, neither Magnus Carlson, uh, although that'd be cool. Uh, who knows? He just shows up and he's like, I'm the best chess player and the best disc golfer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> real quick. Are we doing any kind of limitation on number of lock picks? Are we think, are we feeling one way or the other? When we announce this opening up to everybody specifically, we'll have more details on if you can continue to pick the same lock. And the reason I would mention this is Kristen Tatar could go off and you pick her every week. It's just kind of a wash. I do think we will probably limit it. I don't know the number. Oh. Whether it's on the show or on the app, you know, those are, yes. it, although it'll probably be game, like three be times, things. four times, somewhere in that range. Okay. That, that's low enough that I'm going to deviate. I was going to go Calvin Heimberg, but I'm going to say I told that you, one. I knew it. I called so, it. Did you go? Uh, yeah. I was going you to go Calvin Heimberg. I'm going to go, uh, I had this done before Isaac even said it, but I'm going to go Ezra Robinson. I'm just feeling it. Uh, I, if I'm going to save my Calvin Heimberg pick, uh, he's the next one I want to go to. I just feel like this course is well as well. Okay. Um, As we wait, that's it, guys. That's the MPO. We still got to do FPO here. It's going to be super fun to play all of this with each of you because um, you all are going to probably try and whoop us. It's going to be hard to beat Evan, even though he's playing this strategy of pick Ben's drop or or pop as his drop. We're going to wait for Jeff, but let's go ahead and kick this in um, to high gear coming back over to Nick for FPO picks. Nick is giving us the thumbs up on, um, it's harder to spell it than even say it, and Mitling. 
There we go. I don't know if I did it right, but Eliezra as his pop off player FPO. Moving into my pop FPO pick. You guys ready for this? I think it's a yes. Katrina Allen. Ooh. I just feel All like right. if it's not now, then I probably won't keep picking her. But I feel like her performances have been so off that I feel like she's got this great opportunity sitting here at this event to pop off. So wow, she looked great in skills and then didn't look so great during the round. So we'll see what yeah, it was up. pretty miserable. That's true. Kryptonite. Do you know who's won the last two season elite openers in 2023 and 2022? This Katrina, Katrina Allen, Allen at Katrina Allen at both of them. Although it was Vegas, <laughs> yeah, very yeah. different Vegas. course, but still season opener. I think there's something to say about that. Yeah. All right, Ben, who's your pop off FPO player for chess.com? My pop off FPO player. Crap. Because uh, <laughs> I, I had my lock in my head. That's why. Okay. Um, it can be the same. Okay. I don't know if that's a good idea. Okay. I'm going with my, I'm going the same. I'm going to go Colin Hanley just because she shredded the course in the absolute rain. And that's going to be my pop, pop and lock. lock. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving to Josh. Cat merch. Whoa. Whoa. We both. Oh, you picked Whoa. It. Whoa. I had to Whoa. react as well. I'm not sure uh, if I spelled that right. Sorry. Uh, I'll go ahead. I'm going Paige Pierce. Uh, again, one of the grand brothers picked, uh, picked her as the I did top for the off season, the whole yeah. year. Yeah. So I'm doing the same. I like the average finish. And uh, I think she's got drive coming into the season. You see what I did there? That's her new disc. Right. Uh, emotions. Uh, so, uh, yes, I, I think uh, I think it's going to be a good season for Paige. Okay. Um, as we get ready to bring in uh, Jeff Spring here, let's round out our picks. But Nick gives us the drop of FPO, and it's Ella Hansen. So Ella Hansen on the screen. That's his drop for this event. Moving over to my drop for this event. Nick and I, are we sharing notepads? I'm also dropping Ella Hansen for this event. What? Uh, we've both now picked pop for the year, the same, and this. Okay, moving over to Ben. Who's your drop for FPO? Again, this is just purely based off math. <laughs> uh, I'm going Own Scoggins. Just Own Scoggins. Drop. To, if she does bad, oh. then I get a lot of points. It's true. I think she's actually. Doing... I'm gonna. Can I change my pop too? Sorry. I I I've found a better one. <laughs> Eliezer. I'm just going Eliezer. I gotta be all in on her. Right. But I, I do I still still have lock for Holland. I think she'll win it. <laughs> All right, Josh, uh your drop. FPO. All right, I have Henna Blomrus. Uh just to confirm, are they here? They're registered for the event. I say they because her and Evelina often travel. They together. were doing the distance, were they not? Yeah, they yeah, they were at All Star. So, so Henna Blomrus is my drop. Uh there's no spell check and I'm typing as fast as I can. I apologize uh, for any incorrect. There's okay. one or two slight it's okay i don't mind being roasted if i had spelled yeah. check that i'd do it uh, i'm very glad that ben changed his pop pick i mean not that i want to pick against eliezra but i just really didn't want to pick against holland hanley uh she's also my lock pick i mean you can get that in now so i didn't want to have my yeah. drop also be my lock that'd be kind of ironic uh so my drop will be eliezra middling uh oh. sorry uh, but that is ben's pop pick so I will well because i double checked and holland's was like seventh place so she has to finish she has to I mean, and I am picking her to win, but I think Eliezer can at least get more than six points. There you go. And I think she can lose more than six points, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Um, so Nick is up next on our lock picks here for each of us, and then we'll get ready to bring in Jeff. So Missy Gannon is for Nick. Missy Gannon as a lock. That seems like a pretty good pick there. 
I'm going to go on what my hunch was last year and it just kept not working out, but I'm going with Haley King. Kind of feel <laughs> like this is an event I feel like she can excel at. She can do it. She can, and I'll always believe that. It's a matter of she will. All right, moving over. We have Ben's picks. Josh, we're on to your lock pick. So I also had Haley King marked down, and oh. again, you said she can. Um, for me, it's always about her mindset. Like that, like whether I'm right or wrong, that's my take on it. And it just seems like her mindset may be good and fresh coming into the season. So that's it. Oh, it is Haley King. Yeah. Right. And then Evan rounding us out as your lock pick. Going Holland Hanley. She Holland looks awesome Hanley. during All-Stars. So. There it is, everybody. On screen. There it is for you. Our FPO picks pop drop lock again shout out to hooligan disc there is a code for this ben tell us about it before we sign out so hooligan disc yeah has switched from lone star disc so they have new manufacturer they don't have any disc yet they're coming soon but if you want any merch these hats go to hooligandisc.com stance 10 is the code 10 percent off any anything and when they have new discs 10 percent off that so stance 10 hooligan disc shout out josh we're gonna get you a hat yeah <laughs> We'll get you a hat. All right, cool. Um, I am trying to double check things here on my side. I have like 89 windows open. My computer's not smoking, thankfully, but we do have What's some smoking to start tonight. Yeah, but, somehow, yeah, some way. We, we do have Jeff Spring lined up, and he was a hot commodity today, driving and traveling. Um, but I did see him for a bit. Now the camera's off, and now I'm trying to contact him. So, logging out plan uh josh i know you've got some questions lined up for him we'll kind of watch the chat if anybody else has questions that josh isn't getting to we'll try to snag some of those this is bringing us pretty close to the end of our show tonight the interview wrap up here with jeff there will be maybe a few uh, extra credit topics um but due to our delay and the great guests that we've had we we'll, we'll see where we get to but jeff spring uh we'll go ahead and bring him into the show here Yo, welcome to the show, CEO, tour director, friend, and uh, disc golf all-star, you know, commentator extraordinaire, however you want to call it. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Oh, here we go. Boom. What's up, Jeff? Hey, guys. How you doing? Can you hear me okay? Yes, and I'm going to fix your audio, I think, real quick. Uh, Where do I do that? Where do I do that? video yeah here you do all right it just does this weird thing sometimes jeff we're like it does this like robotic when you talk blah blah but i think we can fix it ben remembers how to do it uh all right so you just traveled from i'm assuming we saw you down there at the all-star event and now you are not there yeah that's right i'm uh popping over to uh check a couple the uh, upcoming Texas swing. So uh, I'm in Austin right now and uh, looking forward to getting back over there actually on Wednesday morning uh, to Olympus. Okay. Um, you, you are doing a lot there and we watched and had a great time watching. Josh was really tuned in. His apps are working perfectly. I'm actually going to hand this interview over to him. I think he's got a lot of good insight questions to ask. Josh, take it away. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I know like in between things and hopping on your phone and keeping busy and, you know, 
the, us us mere mortals out here <laughs> desperately wait through the entire off season for disc golf to start. Um, I know from a business side, like there is no off season. You're probably looking at 2026 stuff, right? You're literally leapfrogging ahead. Um, but the season's kicking off. Here we are between All Star and the Chess.com Invitational. I like. I think this is the ninth year of the pro tour. And I know you've worked with like them in some form or fashion practically since the beginning, but I don't know, is this like your fifth or sixth full-time year? But like, how, how are you feeling? Like, how are you feeling? The season's kicking off. We're ready to go. You feeling like it's in a good spot? Yeah, we're, we're excited. Um, this, this season, a little bit of a new format. We moved on from the silver events. Um, so we feel like the schedule's lined up, you know, better than it's ever been. Um, we've got disc golf pro tour Europe coming on board. Um, and yeah, we're just, we're looking forward to uh, a great year. So yeah, feeling good. That's awesome. And are you actually dried off after the, uh, the wet and rainy event this past weekend? That was looked yeah, pretty miserable. It, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a lot of rain. Yeah, definitely. Uh, been nice before and it's, uh, was a nice day there today and uh, the weather forecast looks decent for next weekend. So a little bit unlucky, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm dried off and uh, we're looking forward to chess.com. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Nick is usually on our show and he's not on our show because I think he's still out on the course, probably post dark, you know, working really, really hard, which is awesome. Hey, so after numerous partnership and technology changes during the off season, which happens to some extent to every off season, but this one maybe had more, it felt like, um, in some ways you're able to test some things out this past weekend. I'm curious, did you or the team identify anything that you plan to make adjustments from? And when I say technology and partnerships, the coverage, the scoring, um, is there anything from this past weekend that you plan to adjust or react to going into the chess.com event? Um, yeah, of, of course. You know, first of all, we know that uh, some of the users for Disc Golf Network uh, had some access issues and some uh, you know, needed to upgrade or, you know, uh, look at the devices that, that worked on uh, the new Disc Golf Network 2.0. So for uh, the fans that were frustrated having to work through that, you know, we're, we're sorry about that. And uh, it's a little bit of the growing pains and hurdles that we expected uh, coming into a new platform. We've been with our old provider um, since the start. And so we we're able to work out a lot of the kinks. You know, uh, AWS and Insys, we've talked about this partnership in the offseason. It's got a much higher ceiling for us, uh, but, you know, some hurdles to jump here early on. Uh, we feel confident with the troubleshooting we're doing right now and uh, should be a lot smoother sailing for a lot of people. That said, if you're just logging in for the first time for chess.com and you're a subscriber, uh, definitely worth logging in before playing some VOD content, uh, making sure that you're upgraded to the latest version of the app. Um, in some cases, you want to uninstall and reinstall your app. So those are some of the adjustments, Josh, that that we're we're making. We're looking at you know a couple small bug fixes that uh, are actually already uh, taken care of or uh, will be in the next day. Um, and so uh, the good thing is that the technical uh, stream health was very strong, and we actually had a higher concurrent user and viewer uh, number than last year's All Stars. Uh, so that tells us a lot of people were accessing the content successfully. Um, but, it, you know, certainly we want everyone to access the content right away. Um, so we think that there'll be a little bit more uh, troubleshooting, but uh, soon everyone will have their you know devices upgraded. 
um, clarity on what devices are supported. You know, jumping to 60 frames per second did take some older devices off of compatibility with Disc Golf Network. So, um, you know, those are the main things we're looking at. You know, we want everyone to have a great experience. We're confident that that will be the case very soon um, and that we'll be able to keep building uh, a better and better experience. But, you know, certainly never want to see any anybody having challenges to start the year. So, you know, we're working hard to fix that and, you know, in touch with everybody who's reported issues. That's awesome. So yeah, well, count me among one that it worked fine. Literally just like, I'm sure that's good to hear as well, because for me, I opened it on my phone. It was awesome. I went upstairs and turned it on the Roku app. Um, but yes, uh, count Matt among one of those who has old technology. Tell him to get that dinosaur <laughs> out of his house and upgrade and he'll be fine. My computer worked great, but yeah, it yeah. was just figuring out the others. And by the no, way, that- Jeff, you don't need me to say this, but I, at the top of the show said like, this is just part of where we are in disc golf. It, it These are part of the processes we do the best we can and that's what i hear you saying and, and i'm not upset at it i think it's just part of where we're at yeah it's it's frustrating though as a subscriber you pay for something you want it to work um and you know we're dedicated to making that the experience you know we've had a lot of uh you know moments uh that we've navigated over the years and we're, we're really trying to partner with the next uh level up you know i think that yeah, we don't have an unlimited budget. We we work hard to find reliable professional partners, and and we have that confidence in both AWS and Insys. And um, you know everything that we're hearing on the technical side is great. You know, and and then once people got access to the stream, they had a great experience. But you know, we're uh, we're confident that stability, access, and and compatibility is is the issue, and we're working through that with users. But yeah, I mean, you want it, you want it to work, and we we get right. that. And uh, happy that the, the majority of people, especially looking at the the concurrent viewership data, um, did did have a successful experience. But you know, if there's a couple hundred people, uh, that's not great. You know, for the, those folks, and uh, can certainly you know be a, uh, a, a you know we're taking note of it for sure. Like we're working hard to to work with individuals and and anybody who had a a, a challenge. Yeah. So specifically to that point, I'm curious, not just the technical like changeover, um, but like, how do you or your team, how do you gauge like fan reactions? Like, in other words, what are you and your team's listening posts? Like, is it, you know, like the the Reddit and Facebook pages? Mm-hmm. Is it direct emails? Um, I'm curious when you're even acknowledging, like working through some of these things with particular uh, users, like how are you collecting that feedback? And then ultimately I'm curious, like, how are you managing that? And is is that feedback influencing decisions you're making? Yeah, our, our communications, marketing, social media teams do a, a great job, um, you know, listening to our fans, whether it's coming through direct communication, support tickets, or social listening. Um, so, you know, we try to stay aware of, of the conversation that's happening on, on online and uh, react accordingly. Uh, you know, we track um, anything that we see and, and try to bring that to our technology partners and, and internal team and, and address it and get it on the list. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, not everything that's, it's out there on social, you know, I, I, you know, I think we, we definitely investigated some users that, um, are posting some frustrations, right. And then we get in contact with them and it was just a log out or a login, or they did have to upgrade the app to the newest version. And, um, that said, their frustration's still out there on, on social. But uh, you know, I think that a lot of this is quick fixes for people, and um, we're happy to kind of run the gamut. Honestly, Josh, and we're we're trying to make sure we're 
we're hearing everything from every angle. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Well, I also work in technology and deployments, and so I feel the pain and remind you as well, as you've acknowledged with the concurrent numbers, that many people are consuming the product and it looked great for the the new season. And really, although it's, I say, just the all-star event, it was an event that put on with some of the top players in our game, and it was really fun and exciting to watch. Um, to, to, to move to something different, so I think we saw communication today. Uh, I'm probably not choosing the right word when it comes to media, uh, maybe a touch more consolidation. I don't think actual consolidation, but maybe different practices and partnerships, uh, sharing DGN camera footage to different YouTube channels, still post-produced Jomez. Just any commentary on what we can come to expect this year? Um, we have a lot of viewing habits when it comes to live and post-production. Are we able to keep those same habits? Or are there any changes we really need to look for um, when it comes to our favorite channels and all the coverage this year? Yeah, I think most of your viewing habits will be the same. You know, I think today's post-production media plan announcement um, tried to lay out everything, you know, folks should expect. And um, Jomez will be, you know, producing a uh, more in-depth, uh, you know, kind of lead card, if you will. But it, now it's, it's kind of going past lead card and going to really encapsulate all the storylines similar to, to live coverage. Um, you know, our friends uh, at Gatekeeper uh, and Ace Run Pro, uh, who have been doing chase card coverage for MPO and FPO, have decided to, uh, you know, kind of take a different approach. And, you know, we're just trying to work with them to help create more media. Um, Gatekeeper's post-production coverage will be a little delayed um, as, you know, we're kind of partnering on delivering the uh, footage from on the ground to them um, so they can reduce some costs. And, you know, Ace Run will be, have some presence out on the road. They'll work with us on live a little bit. And I, I expect them to kind of have uh, projects pop up from time to time. But the headline news is, you know, it, it'll be a lot of the same, uh, except Jomez Pro coverage will expand to really encapsulate the tournament. Uh, versus just the lead card. And uh, yeah, free post-production coverage for all Disc Golf Pro Tour events uh, uh, next day. And all the majors, um, the two majors that are PDGA owned and operated are um, going to be uh, next day. And then, you know, the European Open and USDGC, where we, we pay some media rights for those. We have a little bit of a different media agreement that delays coverage um, 14 days for post-production. But yeah, it's, it's uh, I think, better than it's ever been for post-production coverage in a lot of ways. And uh, we're really excited to, you know, kind of deliver uh, a very similar experience, if not slightly upgraded. Yeah, that's awesome. So I want to ask you a question that's still in the same, like, genre, but a little more personal. Like, so obviously everything's all about disc golf, right? I mean, the disc golf pro tour, that's the whole focus. But even think of the, the last 10 minutes of this interview, the questions aren't much about disc golf. I actually am curious, what's it like being a CEO of, I understand it's disc golf, but of a really it's kind of evolved to be a media and a technology-based company. Um, did you see your role being this much focused on media and technology when you officially took uh, this position that many years ago? Did you expect that this is where you would be focusing a lot of your time and energy? Uh, actually, eventually, uh, yes. I think that... Um, we're, we're building out uh, more and more media, uh, more big, a bigger team, you know, on the ground, traveling, um, you know, a deeper broadcast. Um, and 
when we when we founded the tour in 20 our business dgn2 uh dgpt 2.0 in 2019 you know we knew that the primary function really in, in that can help drive revenue is media um so really looked at it as like media and tour ops and, and tour development um you know i think that you know as our team grows we'll have more development into technology we've definitely taken a step in that direction um and i i see my role is continue to develop uh the next level of venues for the future as well so um it's a little uh a little surprising but i i think we knew this trajectory was coming awesome and it'll be interesting to see where it is in another five to ten years and see if the things are still uh, moving in that direction um sure. jeff we may come back we're not going to try to keep you that long um i've i'm going to actually hand it off to matt and maybe we'll pepper you with one or two more simple <laughs> things here before we okay, uh, let you sail off this um, so jeff these announcements of things to come we saw live chase drone coverage at the all-star event which i think is really cool to see the innovation of people continuing to push the limits of what we can do in a live broadcast uh from a personal perspective i don't know if you watch much live disc golf because you're there in person but like what enhancements to this year's coverage i know we just came off of some of the experience some people had but putting that aside and imagining what this year is going to hold what would be some of your favorite enhancements that you think are just going to be awesome like for that, that i guess you appreciate the most well, certainly uh, the live DVR, which worked great for a lot of people. Um, you know, that's that's huge on the ground because sometimes I am monitoring what's going on mm. or, you know, need to respond to something that's happened in the broadcast and the ability to, for even on the ground, for, wow. for us to, to scroll back, uh, pause, um, look back is, is huge. And I know that as a media consumer of sports, uh, that's that's huge just for quality of life uh, when I want to watch a, you know, a football game or a basketball game, um, you know, it's, yeah. it's fantastic to have that ability. So that, that's number one, you know, um, 60 frames per second. I think that the stream looked, uh, slightly, you know, better because of that upgrade from 30 to 60 frames per second. So, um, those are two features that we're delivering across all of our live broadcasts this year. So, you know, right. once we sort out these, you know, access and compatibility issues, I think everyone will be really happy with those, you know, and then some of the extras we're working to develop more and more, um, you know, kind of content for, for the pro subscription. And in general, like we, we look at this year as we didn't raise the price uh, at all on the standard subscription. We upgraded features and there's two tournaments that we've shifted out uh, because of the nature of the, the media contracts that we have with them. Um, and really we're going to innovate at the pro level. So, you know, at that pro subscription, um, you know, we, we may beta test some, some new things, certainly going to try some secondary streams. Um, and, and we really want to kind of, uh, play around with new ways to deliver fun content, uh, for that kind of higher tier subscription. Um, so that, that, that's kind of it in a, in a mm -hmm. nutshell, I would mm -hmm. say. Yeah, I work actually, my job is as an innovation coordinator for um, a company. And I think it's always interesting to see there's so many ideas and avenues you can go. What do we implement? What gets the people excited the most? I'm kind of taking a turn here and you always call me out, Matt. Wow, not afraid to ask the question. So here we go. We originally were going to try to get you on for um, the announcement of the UDISC live partnership change. Uh, didn't work out. Here you are now. Uh, you may have answered this a few other places, but I had reached out to UDISC um, just to get their perspective. And I wanted to throw a few things your way. One is, 
uh, maybe you could just respond to the idea. They said they were surprised when you went a different direction. Um, it sounds like they were surprised there. And then I asked if they thought it was related to financial reasons, like maybe UDISC was charging too much. or And they said, we don't really have an answer for that. That's something for the Disc Golf Pro Tour. So I'm putting both of those that they said they couldn't answer towards you and just see if you have any feedback on that. Yeah, I you know, I think we'd been working uh, closely with UDISC to get a 2024 agreement in place. So, um, you know, when we explored uh, what it was going to mean to respond to the PDGA about um, using their technology for majors, it, it was a, you know, uh, a, a pretty, you know, efficient process throughout the fall to like understand where they were at, understand that it was viable for us to use beyond PDGA majors. Um, and so it, during that time period, you know, it was surprising to see the capabilities that they developed and, you know, obviously acquiring Statmando um, helps. And, you know, we, we have a great partnership with Statmando as basically our uh, research department, if you will. And uh, it, it gave us the confidence to know that if we were to, you know, not come to terms with Udesk, that there would be another option there. Uh, that said, I think we, we certainly tried uh, our best to come to terms. It's a, been a long partnership uh, that is very meaningful for both companies. Um, so, you know, I think it's surprising both ways uh, on how it ended, um, you know, that we had intent to go into 2024. But uh, when another option became available, uh, you know, things things went in that direction. So, um that in terms of the price certainly was more expensive, but UDISC is a great product. And, um, you know, we understand that, uh, you know, it's expensive for them to run, to run the service. So, you know, I can't say it wasn't a factor, um, but you know, it wasn't the only factor. Yeah. And just to be clear, that's perspective or not a perspective, just trying to put perspective out there for, for those who are curious of our listeners. I think I, I don't know who Statmando is. I mean, we might even have Statmando listening in live right now in our green room. They're fantastic for sure. I don't think there's any question about what the product is going to be. And it already is. It was just more surrounding the navigation of what disc golf looks like and how we're getting where we're going. So thanks for sharing that insight. I think we have one more from intern Ben before we let you go. Hey Jeff, how are you? Good. How you doing, Ben? Good. So I just have one question. Um, you know, it's 2024. Normally companies are having their big events towards the end of 2023, 2024, announcing some exciting new things like the Apple iPhone, stuff like that. Um, is there anything you have planned for that? So like next, next steps, like disc golf AI type things or anything you can speak on? If not, totally, totally fine. I understand. But is there anything very exciting coming for the disc golf road tour? Okay. So yeah, I mean, I feel like we've, we've made a bunch of announcements <laughs> over the course of the last couple of months <laughs> that, um, <laughs> that might qualify into that. But, you know, I think that, you know, just this week we'll be, you know, kind of debuting our, you know, event scoring and statistic page that's derived from the PDGA live, uh, b4chess.com. So look out for that, um, this week. I mean, I think it will be Wednesday or Thursday. Um, and, and that'll, you know, kind of be on, it'll be on discgolfprotour.com and it'll be our, our scores tab. Um, and so that'll be the disc golf pro tour scoring and statistics experience that you should look out for. Um, 
the next round of announcements probably have to do with, you know, continuing uh, contracts with CBS Sports and some events that will will broadcast there uh, this year, uh, as well as, you know, just working towards 2025. Uh, mentioned it before, but uh, it's our 10 year anniversary. So we're, we're planning on, you know, trying to take out all the stops. Uh, but in terms of, of technology, the main ones are, you know, working uh, to launch the DGN 2.0 and make the transition uh, to PDJ and Stat Mando powering scores and stats. Awesome. There you go. Appreciate it. Uh, now that yeah. we've milked you dry for everything you're worth, no, we appreciate your time, dude. It is busy. I don't foresee. Well, I shouldn't say that. We'll reach out again at some point, but we'll try to leave you alone as much as possible. But no, I love coming on. You know, right. I'll, I'll come on again anytime, really. So, right. you well, is know. this the busiest? And, uh, I know you're always busy. Would you call this the busiest part of the season, maybe? Like, as far as like, it's the ramp up right to it. Yeah, it, it like kind of second half of the off season for sure. You know, that's getting over the hump, getting like we just put you know, I think 15, 20 people on the road for nine months. Uh, so shout out to our ops and media team and our road crew um, who's out there, you know, uh, working with events, LOCs every week. Uh, they're not going to stop, you know, until November next this year. So um, that's really busy, you know, making sure that they're all set up uh, and that they have a good experience and, and have everything they need. So that's tour operations, you know, that's not something that we even touched on here, but, um, you know, like that's, uh, that's really busy, um, uh, part of it. And yeah, I mean, even changing to Florida to start the tour and, uh, working with the new event team that, that makes things a little extra busy. So I would say, yeah, this is kind of the hump. Um, I'm excited for the Texas swing. I'm, I'm here in Texas. I'll, like I said, I'll be back in Florida on Wednesday. So. Um, but looking forward to kind of getting getting things off and running and, yeah. and addressing any any little hurdles that we have here at the start of the season. Not to, I guess I'll say this in closing, and it's kind of fun, not related to disc golf, but travel. I do a fair amount. Seems like you do a significant amount. I'm sure it depends on where you are and what you're doing. But are you going to a fast food joint? Or are you trying to find a hole in the wall? Like when you're going to get food, what's your what's your go to? Okay, so I don't do fast food. Oh, okay. I, well, then uh, there we go. I'm going hole in the wall. Uh, I love the Airbnb where you can, you know, go grocery shopping. Oh. That's number one. And then always like to get the local flavor, get good recommendations on on local restaurants, uh, spots to check out. You hitting up some uh, smoked barbecue down there. You like that? You're in Austin. You're in that area. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, like the guys at the Open at Austin, which you know that's something to look out for. You know, that course is, is I've, I've helped redesign some of it with the guys. There's been, um, you know, about $15,000 of uh, woods work. There's going to be six new wooded holes on that course. And um, uh, it's all looking great. So it should be should be really awesome. But they took me to a Mexican restaurant that was fantastic tonight. And yeah, oh, maybe uh, wonderful. going up going up to Waco tomorrow. So maybe we'll get a uh, barbecue with, uh, with Ryan Draper up there. But all we'll right. See. Yeah, I'll hit you up then because I'm going to be out in Austin in the end of April. I'll try to get some good spots to go to eat. Hey, thanks okay, for your time, stuff. man. Thanks for your time. Yeah. We're going to let you go and enjoy your evening however you choose to do so. And we'll keep talking disc golf. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks.
All right, Have a dude. good one, guys. You too. Bye. Jeff Spring. Josh, not to be like, oh, look at us, but remember those conversations with Jeff prior to him taking the CEO role? And he's like, big things coming, guys. And we're like, really? This was five years ago or six years ago. Yeah, for sure. I remember we were working with him with our own business ventures and disc golf up at Smuggler's Notch and trying to figure out some future plans. And it's like, well, my future plans might be adjusting. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why I just mentioned um, on the call, yeah. and I don't know if he confirmed exactly, but he's like five or six years in to this full-time role. Um, yeah. yeah the and Pro that, Tour is only in its ninth year overall. So that's one of the things I thought about asking him, but I, it, it felt like it might've been too awkward, but I want to ask like, like, are you working seven days a week? Is this just like nonstop type thing? That's what it seems like to, to you know, make this happen. I think I, he, he's very hardworking. I was kind of amazed thinking about everything he has to oversee. I'm like, this man probably just doesn't sleep. It's an part of what it is to be a CEO, but it's also yes. part of what it is to uh, be part of the disc golf community. I was just going to say, the further up the business corporate ladder you go, the less you actually have a schedule and the more you have just driven to get work. You'll know that intern, Ben, how many expos you plan to run in the next three years? 10. Yeah. It's somewhere in there. Announcements coming hey, soon is all I'll say. Any other like, I'm asking, I know we didn't plan for it, but reactions to anything. Um, oh, hold on a second. Um, figure this. Oh, go ahead. Just mentioning um, the U-Disc like partnership. So Matt, you asked a question, which was a good follow-up. Um, and just from my perspective, it, of course, we're still reading into it because Jeff's answers stand for what they are and U-Disc stands for what it is. Um, but I think with the PDGA's continued investment and evolution in their live scoring, um, it makes sense for them to require that their major events that they own, right, be scored on their live scoring platform that they've invested and grown. And I think that seems to be the primary rub was how do we stay consistent, both the Pro Tour wanting to be consistent and probably UDISC wanting to be consistent. And then there are other factors like money. But I think uh, that to me is actually the most insightful piece that we've gleaned both from this interview and prior comments Jeff's made. Um, and by all accounts, well, maybe I shouldn't say by all accounts because that's probably not true in the disc golf world. By most accounts, um, people were impressed by the PDGA live scoring this weekend. Um, uh, and so that was great. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, I mean, Evan, you commented on the things about being able to calculate certain stats you couldn't get access to before. And I think that's a big win. But even just talking about the visual aesthetics, the, the simplicity of looking at it, understanding what's happening, still getting the same level of data, right? People were worried, like, am I going to be able to see throw by throw? right? People were thinking we were going back like, you know, six years in our scoring. And it's like, no, <laughs> the PDGA live scoring app looks great. It works great. Um, and I'm sure there will still be plenty of wrinkles and ironing out in a roadmap for future features. But uh, anyway, you know, we'll, we'll continue to grow just as the sport continues to adapt. Matt, you mentioned a five-year look back in the conversation with Jeff. And it's so hard when you're in the midst of things to take that bigger picture because everything you know, like changes. DGN 2.0, U-Disc. It used to be Steve Dodge ran the Pro Tour. Like things change right over time and you get used to a new normal, which if done right is an advancement, right? For our experience, our consumption, for the players. And uh, 
that's really the question anybody should ask is not whether you're upset at the moment if there was a glitch or a hiccup in your experience last weekend. I mean, that matters. Like, I'm not dismissing that. That matters a lot. But it's like, is the advancement going in the direction you want it to go? And are they, on average, are they executing, right, that vision? Because um, they're going to have to make all business decisions that we're not in the back office right? They're going to have to probably get rid of some other strategic partnership we all love in the future. They're going to have to turn left, turn right, right? Change this. The PDGA will have their perspectives and the Pro Tour will have theirs and it'll just keep, it'll keep moving. And that's where I really listen. When I listen to the CEO, not like what just happened this past weekend, because I'm sure they're going to figure out how to drive more concurrent viewers up and make the app work. But, right, how are they responding on average and where is the future of this thing going because um, it's moved a lot in the last five years and presuming jeff spring stays as a ceo his influence over the next five years will still be really really substantial so it's going to be interesting He's cementing himself in the history reading about it in mcmillan yeah yeah well and this is why we talked about before um, and Evan, I know you work for them, so you don't have to comment, but like with the PDGA and Doug Bjorkis joining, right? Leadership matters. We talked about that before. And now most of us have, uh, or maybe all of us, as far as I know, have a very positive outlook on Doug's leadership. So between, and there's probably other names we could talk about, but those two on the top of the Pro Tour and the PDGA have significant influence over what we're watching and seeing. So. I don't know. It's it's interesting. And all that just gets me more excited. Maybe read between the lines earlier. My reaction to the All-Star event this weekend, it's it's great, but it doesn't like wow me. Like I'm excited for this weekend because this is the one that really, really matters. I mean, Isaac talked about like it matters to them, but then I said, you'd rather win the chess.com. And he's like, yeah, not even. That's right. It's almost a funny question, which is how I feel about it. It's unfortunate in some ways... I don't think it's as big of a deal as maybe, you know, it's the the vocal minority, like the tech issues, but like it's unfortunate, but it's also fortunate that they have this event prior to the first tournament event. It's like both ways because if there was anything on their end that they needed to button up, and it doesn't sound like that's the case. Some of it might have been a little communication, some older communication There were a possibly. few weird things, Matt. Like we've been really nice tonight, but like I don't know if you saw in the putting skills challenge but like the scores were like yeah right like, so like way off like the math wasn't like two plus two plus two equals six it was like not so like again i haven't brought them up because stuff. like i've got a fair amount of grace for that but at some point it does it, it i want to also say as a person thinking of a corporation delivering a service you can start to roll your eyes right at some right. point where you're like what's going on but i I'm guess not doing it yet yeah i guess that was kind of my point though is that this event is there and i don't think that you strive to say this is our event to like try things and like just make a mess but i do think they understand that just the way anybody would that this will be an event where we can catch things that hopefully we would have already caught but now we're catching prior to you know so like it, it's a good place that it happened again the pr can be not as good for the events but like it's going to be fine. And every single year, there is something that happens in disc golf that we look back five months later and we don't really remember. And it's going to happen now. We will not remember this. And if we have to talk about it, we'll go back into the, the, the chronological history of this year and go, oh, yeah, okay. 
But like, it's not. We're gonna move on from it. So we're moving on <laughs> no, from it. I'm done talking I, about it. Yeah. Well, well I, I wanted I, to say one thing quick. I'm ahead, just on all star events. As you see, all around sports, like the love to hate on all star events is extreme. Yes. True. Uh, it's every single sport. They're just like, oh, the all star event gets worse and worse and worse. We just had the NBA all star weekend along with this disc golf weekend, uh, disc golf, disc golf pro tour all star weekend. Uh, we had the NHL one just a weekend or two ago. Like the MLB ones is in the summer. Like Major League Soccer has theirs. Like I don't even like lacrosse probably has one too like all these sports have have an all-star weekend and everyone just like hates on it and says it gets less fun every year players aren't going full effort and like it's fun to say that for people apparently but like it it really doesn't mean anything because like they're still driving viewership by us talking about it for a considerable amount of this show by all over social media everyone talking about the all-star event talking about the all-star event proves worth to the event like, like it, it's kind of that uh idea that all all news is good news like people are talking about it people are tuning into dgn maybe it wasn't their full um their full uh total viewership as worlds or usdgc would get but it's a considerable viewership to make it worth putting on the event people going to pdga live to check scores people talking about it on twitter just to talk about disc golf and get disc golf people's uh, mouths after a whole off season of not a lot of disc golf to talk about that is all good things so hate on all you want the more you talk about it the more i get excited because i'm like hey cool people are talking about disc golf i'm seeing it as a win i'm taking the positive out of it so if you truly didn't like it the best thing you should do is not talk about it but we know that's not going to happen so that's it yeah there's no, your fire totally take agree, and that's yeah. perspective honestly i love that perspective of it and i was just like keep going keep going because your that perspective is so valuable you look at it Sports talk radio. You drive around Chicago, Boston, pick any big city. What do they do? They talk about all of this stuff. They want to bring it to the biggest, baddest, like this is the worst thing to happen ever because people just love content. They love talking and feeling like what they're saying matters. Hey, I like feeling what I say matters. But that's why we're so excited about disc golf coming back. It gives us something to talk about. So I love that perspective, Evan. Keep talking about it. It just makes it better for disco. Matt, one other totally random idea. Something you said sparked this. This could be like some kind of ridiculous segment in the future. You you mentioned what are those things, you know, like five months from now, we won't even remember. Mm. Like one day I want to go back and like with a smile on our face, laugh at the most ridiculous things in the past. And a few stand out like a sore thumb, like they kind of are ridiculous to this day. But like in the last five years of history, like what are those moments? Uh, maybe in disc golf or segment. just the history of the world? And no, well, yeah, the, sure, the world. No, <laughs> world. disc golf, uh, very specifically. Like, I, you know, Steve Dodge running around with cameras and his brother dragging around battery packs, like, you know, on Memorial championship like just things that like made us roll our eyes at the time but we rarely talk about them now but anyway incoming text from steve dodge hey i loved that moment the truth <laughs> is right people working hard to figure out to get things done and mistakes yeah. will be made yeah. but who here hasn't really made a mistake um as part of you know your own career development or pushing you gotta try forward? Steve Gotta has a try. great inspirational message. If Gotta you don't try, fail. you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know exactly he, he, how it he announced it was a seminar at the Northeast Disc Golf Expo. It was um If like, you don't <sighs> try, you won't know. If you don't try, you won't fail. Okay. Meaning like, yeah. like go for it. Like you're gonna fail, uh, but it's gonna be worth it. He was yeah. I didn't really get to listen to it because 
I got to turn your microphone way up. Your gate's just not letting your little. Hello. There you go. You can't try if you don't fail. Oh, no. You just kept you cutting can't fail out, if you, you don't try. Sorry. All right. When you whisper at <laughs> we'll like get minus 40 You just failed like four times in that, yeah. but that's all right. <laughs> there you go. At least you were trying. Uh, exactly. Is, I failed. That's a perfect example. That's what I'm ben saying. You were trying. very you were dynamic trying. speaker. Like he literally goes from almost whispering. I, I like in the room, like barely hear him to like screaming. And so I'm, I have compressors to bring down his scream. I have gates so my mic doesn't, I don't bleed into his mic. And now I got to do like something else. I don't know, Ben. We're going to have to fix you up. I know. You I don't, gotta, if you I don't try, you don't fail. Louder. If you don't try, you can't fail. <laughs> Everyone start failing. All right. Um, I fa- guys, I failed summer school math junior year, and it was it was it's the reason I'm the man I am today. So my recommendation. Summer school. So did you take? No, it I failed math. Went to summer going. school junior year algebra, and gotcha. my message okay. for all you today is fail math. Um, because it'll teach you a valuable <laughs> lesson in life. If your parents don't say fail math, then don't fail math. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I I was just not good at math. But it was still cool to go to summer school. I, I can say that, I'm, and I'm proud I did. All right. This was the last episode prior to, like, actual new, like, brand new content from actual competition. Now, All-Stars is this taste of it. This is it, guys. Next week when we come in, the scramble to line up guests that are relevant, storylines, the stats that Evan's going to be crunching, all of this is going to happen. Now, I'm putting it out here now. If you're a regular listener, you've made it this far. We did it. Yeah, we did it. We did it. If you made it this far, here's a little bit of insight into what next week could look like. It's up in the air. Could you believe it? The first one of the year. So it's going to happen. And it's either happening, and just stay tuned, we're going to announce it. It's either happening Sunday evening, like post-event. Nick is going to, who knows what he's doing, but if he can snag someone for an interview, there we go. Or it's happening Monday. If it's happening Monday, I'm not here, and and Evan's not here. But the other guys can hold the show down fine. And then the other possibility is a Tuesday. You're going to get the content, so stay tuned. It's either right after the event that evening or it's the next day, most likely per per usual Monday. So we're going to figure that out. I think we're rolling towards Sunday, right after the event, but we're going to try to confirm that with everybody. So stay tuned on that. Uh, that will be different, a Sunday evening show, but maybe strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, maybe like, it's the new thing. It's literally, yeah, the new thing. <laughs> I don't know. Get me all stuttery, but... Um, there was so much more that we could have talked about. We did make it to our two hours. Um, we're going to dial everything in. We're going to tighten up some of this. Obviously our tech issues. I, I don't know what to do. Pray over it or something. Now on because it was working right till about we clicked stream. We might need an upgrade. Yeah. Like zero issues for about four weeks. Zero. Ben goes to click stream. He didn't even click it and bang. Something happened. Oh, and 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 not to bring back up nine seven eight. There'll be not to bring them back. Up. Or uh, <laughs> to bring them to back. To bring up, them back up um, is what I meant to say. Failure again. Um, Keep trying. Is they will be opening their new home. I, Dave just told me owner Meadowbrook this weekend. So it's happening this weekend. At Meadowbrook. That's wild. I, so I which, I think that's what I'm reading. So which I might which have to shoot awesome. Dave a text. I. I I forget. Are they going into that barn? 
No, they're like, going. No, they no, no, they're going into the Meadowbrook restaurant. Half of it. It's getting split. Yes. Oh my it's, goodness. It's getting yeah. an overhaul. So if you have been there before, Ooh, wow. there is an actual country store and like restaurant where they make you great fresh food, a wonderful breakfast. I must say, and lunch and barbecue, like the whole smoke, everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah. So he, it was just they're, basically they're seating. Half of it. Yeah, they're taking the seating part of it. Half well, of the, portion of it. Yeah, part portion of it's it. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be incredible. So oh, there you go. Cool. Growth and expansion. If you don't try, you don't fail. And their printing services is going to be in the shed or barn. So, Evan, that's what you're asking. They're Can we part call of it the, the barn. Let's Can go. Can we call it the shack? Uh, I think that's trademarked by me. All right. The shack. All of that being said, uh, interesting show, a lot of fun, a lot of picks tonight. Dial that one in as well. And stay tuned because the next event I think it's in March, March 7th, I think. Plan and hope to have it available for you to interact live. You'll be able to put in your picks and play along with us. If you can take us down instead of just guessing in the chat. Stay tuned for that as well. Uh, Nick's not here, so he's not giving his little, uh, you know, heartfelt. All right, can we? But in our soul. Can we just... Nick, our heart goes out to you. We understand how, what a tough time you're going through. Rain, dampering, you know. So, shout out for yeah, working hard, Nick. That is brutal to have your event you've been working on just yeah. get, like, totally doused like that. This wasn't, like, a little rain. So, yeah. There's yeah. nothing and, you and, can and do. And then scrambling for soon. a real event. Right. And then scrambling for a real event this coming weekend. Like, that's got to be. You can't grow fresh grass in, like, five days. Oh, yeah. And that. with that, which he Nick was it. proud of his grass, too. And to have, you know, it get rained on like crazy. But that course does still look awesome. Like, rain aside, like, oh, my God. Like, I, I watched through it on the mountain coverage. But, like, yep. you just kind of kind of forget what it's like. And you see it, and you're like, that's a disc golf course. That's so pretty beautiful. cool. So I, I'm excited for this to hopefully be a staple of uh, disc golf for a long time. You're going to be down there. Um, Nick said sure this will. should be his last week. Uh, not on the show. <laughs> Missing the show. He's just ramped up so much here. He said he's been busting his butt all day and night. Three inches of rain sucks. There you go. So that's his that's his heartfelt message tonight. Tell someone you love him. I don't know. He didn't finish with that, but I'll put it in there for him. Uh, ben, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. Josh, you're awesome. Until next week, everybody, we're going to kick it off. We're excited to see you there. Peace out. <laughs>